podcast, baby. Celebrating one whole year of real movies with real men. Where in this episode, we uh, pretty much won't be talking about movies at all. Uh, you know, whatever, go fuck yourself. One year. A <laughs> hundred years of real movies with real men. My name's Andy. With me, as always, celebrating one year of pretending he's an audio engineer, Muller. 9-0, Muller 1-0, coming right at you from the west coast of BC, minus 100 degrees outside. Let's go surfing, boys. That's what they do on that show, right? They surf? Pretend, pretending like he's doing a lot 90210, that's about like, it's like a beach life, right? No, it's like relationship stuff. I've never it's watched Luke, it Luke Perry, man. I don't know anything. <laughs> with us as well. James Dean. Yeah. Celebrating one year of real eroticism with real men. Brayden. Feels good to make it to a year, boys. Uh, happy Chinese New Year. <laughs> what what uh, animal would real movies with real men be? Gremlin. Yeah, gremlin. <laughs> you got to add a gremlin to does, the Chinese does, boom, calendar. Doesn't miss a beat. <laughs> I wasn't even done that sentence. He's <laughs> yeah. staring right into my soul. Gremlin. Well, uh, in the last episode, I was able to uh, be an ally to Jonathan as a, as a fellow sitter. How does it feel uh, using ally. that word? Do you not feel like a complete... I use that flag? I use that word as a huge joke. Okay. I, like, <laughs> I was there. <laughs> uh, and, uh, so are you and, calling us axes then? You're, it, you're a roundabout way of saying that we're Nazis. I'm calling you, you Nazis. Ah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and Jonathan was a great ally to me <laughs> because he hates that Gremlin of the Week segment as much as I do. Just a bunch of allies over there. Yeah, a bunch of allies and Nazis. That should be the word to replace fag, because you know people don't like you using. Call them allies. Allies. Look at this ally. Flaming ally over here. And your big ally lord over here. Done. Done. It's pretty good. So as well as our one year, 26 weeks of our weekly podcast, uh, Real For Movies and Real Men. Most of the time that most number of, will mean nothing. Uh, 26 <laughs> is that, but that's a year of episodes for us. Yeah. Right? yeah. Uh, it's also the 232nd anniversary of Halloween. And let me, right. <laughs> it, it isn't today, but you know. I, it's almost today. Or certainly so, when people that, will be listening to this. Yeah, certainly not when people are listening to this a uh, week and a half from today. Uh, spawning one of the worst trends of all of history to me, uh, dressing up. Uh, I'm not, I'm, I may be with and not with you on this one because there's parts of it that annoy me, but parts of it that I think are pretty fun. Okay. But go on. Yeah, you, you seem like you, you go a, on. You seem like you have a strong opinion on it. No, I, mine's I, I, kind of moderate. Okay, let's hear the moderate opinion, then I'll go on the stronger opinion. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I don't have anything that bothers me, but I'm too lazy to do it. I'm not necessarily like for Halloween specifically, uh, but like I was just at a concert the other day, the Black Delamator show, and uh, big plug. It was on Halloween, and there was tons like there was a bunch of metalheads, and like tons of them. Like I've been to shows on Halloween before, but something about this one just had tons of people dressed up in it. It was great, mm-hmm. but it's that maybe that's something about the environment of like a crazy death metal show, but there's also somebody dressed up like Pennywise and and some saucy ladies dressed dressed up. Yeah. In, Sexy Halloween costumes. It's a it's a funny environment for that, like a death metal show. Well, and the Black so Dahlia are, are very um, like horror themed, like their lyrics and stuff like that. Yeah, so all their songs they, are about, like Castlevania and shit. They so. are actually like the perfect Halloween band. I'm sexy, slutty, 
costumes yeah, that's in so Halloween. You have something against those? No, that's the only acceptable oh, okay. costume. Sorry, I don't know you're saying that. I, <laughs> I, I thought you were going to take the ally angle and go, there's not enough guys <laughs> wearing not enough sexy, guys. <laughs> slutty costumes. No, there's... Uh, there's Fucking ally. <laughs> Man, uh, <laughs> ally good? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, I'll get... <laughs> so what do you have against Halloween costumes? Are people? They make you look ugly. It's disgusting. Like you, make you, look you, ugly? you take some, you take some hot girl, and now she looks like an ugly Frankenstein or something like that. That's gross. But they're not all dressing up as Frankenstein. A lot of the times no, it's then like sometimes they're dressing up they... as some ugly thing. I guess so. This but... is this is one of those scenarios where I think uh, usually I'm I'm really all for creative uh, things and expressing yourselves, but I just find with these costumes, I actually would really prefer just the cheap, like really lazical ten dollar costume where you're basically just wearing. Uh, like so, from Value Village? Yeah, like you're just wearing some crappy thing and it's like, okay, great. Like like you put all this effort in, you got all this makeup in your face and it's like, well, if I'm dating you, I'll see you tomorrow. Like I don't I don't want to <laughs> look at that face all night. Like that's, uh, I, I, I don't know, like I... You wouldn't ban Frankenstein? <laughs> no, I don't want to, I don't want to, like is it a sexy Frankenstein? You tell I me. I guess I've just never had a problem with it. I remember there was another, I don't remember what show, but like a couple of years ago, there was some show, like a concert that landed on a Halloween and I was thinking about dressing up because I thought if I could get a Letterman jacket and just some stupid animal mask, I could dress up like the dude from oh, yeah. Hotline Miami or yeah. whatever. Oh, that's cool. I, tr- I put like uh, 10 minutes of effort into it and then I just got lazy. You know so what? I'm not opposed to the idea because that sounds like going to like, it was probably, I'm going to guess it was Guar. Something about, so Guar, yeah. like, like going to Guar dressed up in like a Halloween costume. That, like that sounds like That'd fun to awesome. me. That'd be awesome. You know, I think I'm okay with that too. Like I think masks are cool. I just, I think I, I think it's the makeup that I hate. Like those, the really elaborate you know, makeup where it's just you is just it like the effort behind it. You hate like no, that it makes people. I think ugly, effort's good. I think ugly people. You're just ugly. You used to that. Yeah, at least with a mask on, you can just take the mask off. Well, at least, and the thing is, right? at least with ugly people dressing up, they usually don't look more ugly. <laughs> like, so you can at least look at them. Yeah, it's like they look better. That's you, how you probably on, a lot of the... ugly people get laid as they dress up, and you can't see what they actually look like. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not. Just, I, I I have nothing against that. I'm not all that for it because I'm too lazy to do it myself. But I see I see the fun in it. Dressing up like an idiot for a day and I mean, going dude, to some concert I, or party. Or I've seen The Simpsons. Dudes are always idiots, so we sure. don't really have to worry about that. I'll tell you this. But the, I feel like people people feel bad about being an idiot, and this just gives them an excuse to just just do it, man. Just just be an idiot for a day. Just unapologetically be an idiot. Yeah, I guess I'm just a huge sexist. <laughs> here's 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 the here's the ideal woman's costume. You said we were talking about Frankenstein, um, Bride of Frankenstein. Well, no, Frankenstein. She's dressing up as Frankenstein. Dressing up as Frankenstein. Gene Wilder and Young Frankenstein. So she just <laughs> gets a perm, but wears a, wears a lab coat. Great costume. No, if you're going to dress up as the monster, what you want is those two bolts that Frankenstein has on his neck uh, and uh, nothing else. Like just all your pretty much normal clothes and uh, that's, a, that's, a great Franken- that's a great Frankenstein costume. I'm totally into that costume. You start painting your face all green. and Like usually a really crappy job, of course. Like so you just look, you, on top of dressing up as this ugly monster and putting up makeup to look like an ugly monster, uh, you also look like a crappy, ugly monster because you're not actually that, that mm. good at applying all this makeup. And it's like, okay, I, great, I I'm you, having I, a lot of fun. I, I want. I was going to say, I want you to answer this question honestly. <laughs> when you were a kid, how scared of Frankenstein were you? 
Oh, not at all. That seems like no, you're, no, that, you're kind of obsessed with Frankenstein. No, you brought up Frankenstein. You did. You, right now, you brought him up, and I'm just, I'm just replying to that. But no, you brought you're up Frankenstein as a costume, but wearing the two Earlier. bolts on your neck. No, I know, but before that, Braden brought no, up before Frankenstein. That, no, you started it. sounds like you're just being I don't like, even remember, but I was not for, uh, scared of Frankenstein. I never okay. even saw a Frankenstein movie till like two. Till two years ago, I think. Sounds like you're just being a big party pooper because people yeah, are too does. ugly or whatever. People are always too ugly. Just walking around, there's ugly people everywhere. Most people are ugly. Now they're just, they're just no, but you're ugly taking, person in a witch costume. You're taking pretty people and making them ugly. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, but, most pe- but a lot of people dress up. It's not like only pretty people are dressing up. It's like yeah, so a swath an of An ugly person dresses up uh, ugly. You're, you're five and then you're a five after. So it's no loss. So it's just attractive people dressing up. Yeah, I guess that's my problem. But you don't obviously you don't have the problem with them dressing up in like a slutty costume or whatever. Yeah, because well they're they're an eight now they're a nine. Yeah, yeah. So it's no just, problem. It's the it's, lo- it's the loss of value. It's just attractive people dressing up as a monster that you don't like. And you're trying know, to narrow it down. And you here. know what's even worse is people who dress up twice on the same day. Double dressers. Isn't that just cosplayers or whatever? No, no, not cosplayers. Just normal people. Here's the here's our costume for the first half of the day. Then oh, we I put a bunch of effort in that. and put on it. I saw this on my feed th- this year, and I was a, a double dresser. This is this is absurd. Halloween cross dressing. It's, it's the worst thing I've ever heard. I, I if you're trying <laughs> to figure out this this childhood thing, it's like I I remember an experience where um, we were at a family reunion. Uh, oh, were you trying to French kiss everybody? <laughs> was this was this three months ago or was it six months ago? Yeah, Mueller has like ago? eight family reunions a year. It's well, cause, this it's because all Mullers have AD, like ADD, <laughs> and, and if they don't, if they don't have constant family reunions, they'll just forget that he, each other exists. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's going on there. And it, it is a pretty big family too. But um, <laughs> it, no, but this was the big family reunion. It was in Saskatchewan, so it's like yeah, 1,200 miles or however far away that Lots is. Lots of French kids. I thought um, you were about to say 1,200 Mullers. Like a horrible <laughs> nightmare. Yeah, I guess this is. I guess this is a pretty good. Uh, this is a pretty good. Uh, story. So yeah, we're all we're all camping at I, I don't know some camp, and uh, it's it's pretty cool. Like I've never. It's the only time I've been to a reunion where like we were stayed there for a week or something, and actually did things. Usually it's just the evening, and you rent a hall or something, um, you know, or two or three to fit everyone in. Uh, but uh, so I guess before I get to my my costume story, something that happened to me, and well, something that me and my cousins happened to someone else um, is. They had this uh, building there, and my cousins were down there skateboarding, and they were just crashing into the walls, like putting holes into the drywall in the basement. Like intentionally? Yeah, just because oh, okay. it just because it was it was like it was fun, and so sounds I, like the kind of things Mullers would do for fun <laughs> and just run into walls. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it was it was skateboarding down there. I think we had a little grind wheel, but I was I was probably ten or nine years old, like not not super old, and. Uh, so I think I just thought that that was okay because they were doing it. I was like, oh, I guess I guess I can do that as well. So I think the day before our parents found out, so it was just it was just a big mass Mueller spanking evening where I, all, 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 all the cousins were getting were getting spankings and I, and uh, my my one cousin Dayton's getting spanked with the belt and I was like, oh man, I'm glad I'm glad that's not I'm glad I don't have his dad. So this is you publicly turning in some of the Mueller parents <laughs> that they abused you. Yeah, they as, abused as they abused us with these spankings, teaching us not to not to run into walls. damage. It wasn't running into walls. Like we we put a lot of holes yeah, into the drywall. Yeah. It was. Uh, I don't even know how they dealt with it. Like I was like they were because that's what they were really mad. They were, they said. You waited all week and didn't tell us about this, and now we have. Like, how are we going to deal with this? We're leaving tomorrow to go f- 
1,200 miles back home. Um, so anyways, yeah, we got, I got spanked pretty good. Uh, learned to be a better man. Never broke any drywall again. Well, you almost did earlier. You're flying around on your little... Uh, <laughs> the hoverboard? Your hoverboard. And you, just before we started recording, you flew right off of it. <laughs> the hoverboard is great. Yeah. Immediately <laughs> after saying, uh, telling another story of falling off of it. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I was in. I was You're in the, at the mall, right? Yeah, I was in the mall yesterday, and I was. And you can go pretty fast on these hoverboards. So, first of all, the hoverboard is great. You don't you don't have a controller in your hand or anything. You don't move your feet. You just stand up straight, and you just lean forward a little bit, like like you're gonna fall over, and it just. It just hovers you along, and it's it's super fun. It's like wakeboarding, but you don't even have to uh, pay buy a boat or do anything dumb like that. Like the huge cost look, of that. It just looks like just a recipe for falling over to me. You know what I mean? That's like, what that's what every sport is. No, Which I but name like, a sport where people aren't falling over. Something about like you're you're standing in a normal stance, but moving forward sometimes at great speeds. Like at least when you're skateboarding, you're standing on a side stance where you're actually positioned for the well, direction you're going. Not you'll be fall. glad to know that you can get sideways hoverboards that are like skateboards. That actually makes sense. Oh, I'm actually surprised well, they didn't make that. First. I'll get I'll get you one for your Christmas, so you feel this like you have some, to use this it. This is some. Uh, false advertising they're saying here. They're not really hoverboard. They're not hovering. There's they're wheels. Not. Well, if you put mirrors on the side of them, it'll look like you're hovering. <laughs> well, until, <laughs> until they do. It's not I can get some mirrors. There's just nice. wheels with an engine. There's yeah. nothing hover about it at all. I was expecting, because you said you had a hoverboard last night in our group chat, and I was like, hoverboard? I'm, I automatically the think, of, is now. think of the oh pink, the pink uh, hoverboard in Back to the Future yeah. 2, but I was like, no, those don't exist yet. <laughs> you, had to, you had to talk to himself. I He's like, realize. oh, that's cool. Wait a second. It's not 2015. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know about this. I like. I have to actually check. Do a, do a brain check about it. Um, yeah. So I was flying along in this hoverboard, and you can go pretty fast in it. You can go bicycle speed um, in it. So you, but but that means you're leaning forward extra forward, right? You the more you lean forward, so it's catching you. Um, so, uh, but if it wasn't catching you, of course, like you just you would just fall on your face. Uh -huh. uh, and uh, so that's exactly what I did when the batteries ran out at full <laughs> speed and, and the motor stops working and, and any of the balancing things turn off, as, of course, at the same time. So I just f go get launched forward in the, in the middle of the mall. I was actually a bit nervous about bringing it in there because I thought, well, maybe some mall cop will get mad. And then I thought, well, I'm pretty okay with that. They're just dumb mall cop. I'll just leave. Uh, and then I realized that, that they have kiosks all over the place with little things you can drive that are oh, just yeah, like do, hoverboards. Yeah. They have those weird horses with wheels. I don't yeah, know. Those are weird. Yeah, they're, they're for kids, so don't <laughs> analyze it too much. Uh, <laughs> you know what always bugged me was those... Uh, because I missed it, like I was, I was too old by the time it came out. Like just too old was those those shoes that had like wheels on the bottom. Yeah, when I mean, you'd see kids yeah. at the mall, the heelys. I always wanted those. Yeah, like by, I remember awesome. seeing them. By the time they were a thing, like I was already in like middle school, and like it's just it was it was something that was. They were a thing I was in middle school. Dude, I knew. People, no, I was probably older than that. I was probably like high school. Uh, I was. I just remember knowing that I was too old to have them, but I remember thinking like, man, I would love. I knew people kid. in high school that had them. Oh really? Yeah. I will. I would. I would buy them now if I knew I could get some good quality <laughs> bearings yeah, in them yeah, and yeah. keep them going. Yeah. I want some motorized Heelys. That, to me, all this stuff is, none of this has lost its, uh, in, I'm not any less interested as an adult in this than I was when I was a kid. It still seems totally awesome. Uh, so just, I guess I'm just too cynical for it now. Even though I know it's awesome, I'm just like, eh, yeah, but whatever, I'll just 
go home. But it'd be even funny. You have the, the things. I think that's more depression than cynicism. <laughs> Can um, it be both? Yeah. This, uh, but isn't that even funnier? Like, if, imagine going on, around at your work at the at the outlet and uh, and just just zipping around there, and everyone's like, "What the hell is Andy doing here?" Like, that doesn't seem like something you would do it at all. Uh, I don't know. So, <laughs> anyways, at the family reunion, uh, they put on some some plays, some some acting uh, things. So yeah, you know, the family oh, gets together and this sounds <laughs> awful. <laughs> so uh, I you guys just sat around like play ping pong or something. What are you putting on plays for each other? <laughs> well, I'm not. They have the the adults are. Oh, this is uh, I, mean, weird. I was just a kid. It's really weird. Well, I mean, that's what the story's about because <laughs> like, I hated it. Uh, <laughs> like erotic plays? No, <laughs> no. But I I remember my mom was my mom put on the did this skit. I don't remember what any of them were about. Uh, I'm sure there was. I think there was a mad scientist in one of them. Maybe my mom was a mad scientist. But I remember being so repulsed by seeing uh, my family members or people that I knew dressed up and looking totally different than they are. It bothered me so I much. I can't put my finger on it. There's something perverse about this. <laughs> I can't quite pinpoint it, but something like the adults are putting on a play? <laughs> I don't know. I don't remember what they're about, so I can't give you very much ammo for this. I don't, it's, hard, mm. it's hard to say, but it's, uh, you know, that's what you did. You know, you, you put on How plays. How long was you had, the play? Like it would be like little five minute skits and uh, oh, this probably sounds like a fucking nightmare. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I I really don't. I was I was pretty young. I only rem I remember very few things about it other than pretty much what I've told you already. Um, and uh, especially the climax of that was a, a great hour. That remember that that hour before you're gonna get a did you get spankings as a kid, Andy? Uh, when I was younger, yes. Like, I didn't have an hour lead time to it though. Yeah, yeah, brain. <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah, you, you had. Did you have the lead time? What do you mean by like that? The spanking lead time is the time where your parents tell you that they're going to spank you, and then there's a gap before they actually spank you. And it was you. like an hour. Yeah, like I mean, no. it felt like an hour. <laughs> Dude, it was like if I was getting a spanking, it was like you did this and you're getting a spanking right was, fucking now. Yeah, get, get I, over here. I specifically the lead time was like. Two seconds. I specifically remember the one time that that didn't happen because it wasn't so bad. Um, but but yeah, that's what that's what made the spanking so yeah, bad was you that, had to sit there building and building up the anticipation. You're, you're anticipating mm -hmm. it. I think so. I think from. I mean, this is where you get into that's that abuse. that spanking versus yeah. This is that, that's yeah, that's pretty ironic. And physical abuse. Yeah, because <laughs> so I think for, so from the parents' perspective, the idea is. Um, you shouldn't just hit your kids because you're mad at them, because sure. that is abuse. Um, so you you mm. make them you you, you make, <laughs> yeah. it's abuse that I'm not that bothered by. I'll give it to sure. you. It's abuse. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't connect with that abuse. We need to start. I think we need to start phrasing abuse and allegations as as how people connect to them rather than what they are. Oh, that's <laughs> abuse, and it's like that oh, doesn't mean anything to me. It's like well, that's abuse. I connect a lot with. Oh my god, like okay, I get it. Like I think that would really simplify a lot of these conversations around allegations. I, just, I have this image in my head of a parent being too scared to spank their kid, so they pull their kid's pants down and just yell at their ass <laughs> really loud. <laughs> they go ah. I'm mad at you. Just yell at their ass. Holy <laughs> shit. Yeah, that's pretty good. You got to compromise, right? Yeah. Because parents aren't allowed to do that anymore. But, you know, just bring it halfway. Yeah. That's just a good idea. You're not touching oh them, but God. you're still this doing so something with their butt. Quality, quality parenting advice this year. I think that's the funniest know. thing I've heard in a month. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. No, but the, the idea is that you don't want to be mad at your kids, so you... You go right. away from them. You deal with your emotions so that it's a proper 
discipline where the kid, your child learns and uh, they don't, they feel like you still love them and, uh, you know, they, they understand that it's only connected to their actions. Well, well that the proper, I think that's a proper way to spank a kid, but mm -hmm. waiting is, it's horrible. They could just make you wait and then not do it. And that would have been probably good. I mean, you can yeah. only do that once, though, because then they're going to guess whether you're not going to do it. How did we get into this conversation? Why are we talking about spanking? The Muller spankings. The Muller yeah, family reunion. We were talking about the Muller mass, uh, the mass Muller spankings. So at what point during the play were the adults spanking the kids with this Muller? <laughs> so what's going on here? Where did yeah. the fuck no, I was just saying why I hate costumes. <laughs> like you're getting spanked by people in costumes. No, they weren't in weird? costumes when I, when I got spanked. It just it really bothered me, and, and a lot a lot of my family's musical or acting. And I remember I'd see I, I'd see mom, my mom in a play or something, and then like, she, and she was in some more serious. And like every time you saw a costume, you were worried about getting spanked. Got it. <laughs> got it. Got so it. I it down. I, I just I just always really bothered me, and, and it was usually the makeup. Like if they're wearing a dumb mask or something, it's not really a problem. But it's like you know they really become. I don't know. This is bizarre. If we had a psychologist here, I'm sure they could tell me something well, interesting about okay. myself. You're just pooping on everyone's fun. Did, <laughs> did you try to French kiss your mom before or after the spanking it was thing? Long before. I was a young kid. I was okay. really young when that happened. Um, you didn't try to kiss her until he hit puberty. All right. <laughs> I didn't. I I didn't try to French kiss my mom until she was dressed up as somebody else, and I didn't know that she was my mom. That's why I'm so upset. And then I tried it, and then she spanked him, and then it's all coming together. Anyways, how dare anybody dress up in two costumes in you? one day? That's it's repulsive. I'm only repulsed by it because I just wouldn't have the uh, effort to do it. <laughs> like I'm not yeah. opposed to it, but I would. I'm far too lazy to do it. Who has the energy for that? Do you guys yeah. want to talk about some movies? Uh, Maybe. Sure, yeah. Let's see how that goes. Everything is a movie. What do you mean by that? You know what I mean. Uh, <laughs> I do not. Okay. Uh, my, <laughs> what are we talking about? My most hated movie ever this week, of the week. Of the week. Is... Uncharted 4, A Thief's End. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I, got a, I got a synopsis here. Uh, I, was, I learned from Andy to start finding these from Wikipedia because they're, they're just hard to find elsewhere. Wouldn't you know it, Wikipedia is a great place to find information on common items that everybody uh, knows. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Cool. It's like a, some sort of encyclopedia almost. Um, Retired. <laughs> right. Retired. That's a, a flop. <laughs> yeah. anyway, why do you hate Wikipedia now? What's going on? I love Wikipedia. Retired Indiana Jones impersonator Nathan Drake spends his days challenging his wife to video game showdowns despite never playing video games in his life. Ooh, great joke, Naughty Dog. The star of your movie slash game thinks video games are dumb, but he's the star of this movie slash game. What an astonishing irony. I bet you intended that to be very ironic, except that a guy who spends all his time thinking about history and dumb nerd shit and parkour and boating in the Caribbean or the Alps probably really is not interested in video games. I'd be very surprised if he would be interested in video games. It's really not that ironic at all. In fact, it makes so much sense that I don't even know why they 
put that in there at all. Oh, but wait, we need Nathan Drake to make this dumb, ironic joke that he doesn't like video games, even though we're playing him in a video game, so that we can put in a plug for our old PlayStation 1 video game, Crash Bandicoot, which coincidentally happens to be getting a remaster for the PS4 shortly after this game slash movie slash game was released. This is all in the Wikipedia synopsis, synopsis, by the way. Oh, wow. Uh, Nathan finds an opportunity to stop this homegrown life and get back to an exciting life of adventure with the Malaysian job. A chance to find deep sea treasure, but without the zoning bylaw permits that any robber would need, he can't do it. And to make matters worse, he's worried what his wife will think of him if he gets off the couch and gets a job. She wants a job, Nathan, you lacy welfare douche chill Harrison Ford wannabe dork. All she wants is to play Brash Crash Bandicoot alone, but you're cramping her style. She's basically begging you to do all this illegal stuff. Get out of the house, Nathan. But when Nathan's brother's... I've never heard a Wikipedia article so full of... Uh... Like energy. It's annotated. It's, okay. It specifically tells you how to read it. It's a pronunciation key and everything. Uh, <laughs> when Nathan Drake's brother, Sam, shows up with the, light, the, with the life-threatening illness of being a total idiot, Nathan Drake has to step in and help him find a different but mostly exactly the same treasure exactly as the job that his wife wanted him to take in the first place. It's exact in pretty much every single way entirely. Will Nathan Drake be able to hide this job from his wife despite her explicitly expressing that she really doesn't care if he takes it? Will Naughty Dog be able to create a movie that also has one or two minutes of decent gameplay in it? (laughs) The answer will shock you. (laughs) No. Uh, Again, that was all from uh, Wikipedia. So So this is just a game about zoning purposes. It's a movie... (laughs) That has a, a few a few game gameplay elements in it. About zoning permits. Yeah, but it's mostly about zoning. It's just him standing in a line, going out to fill out a form. No, well, I mean, it's you standing in a Climbs line. up a wall to get to the line it, or it, it's, you, it's you standing in a line waiting to be able to play something. It's very Sounds similar to the right. DMV experience, actually, <laughs> um, except you have to be engaged in something that's pretty boring. Yeah. So Norm- normally, it's like I would kick up a bigger stink about our, our show not having a, not having a lot of movie content, but like these games are so much just movies, wannabe movies. Yeah. So I like to call them media fluid games. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in a way. In one moment, they're a movie. Then they're a game. Then they don't know which one they want to be, so they just do every one poorly. (laughs) (laughs) Video games, they're desperate to be movies, but they're not good movies, and they're not good video games either. They're not good board games. They're not good D&D games. They're not good TV shorts or novels. They're just not good anything. Welcome to the age of the media-fluid game. Yeah, I, I, I've, I've had a really big like disconnect with a lot of uh, modern, at least mainstream gaming. Like I used to play a lot of it. I used to actually like the Uncharted series, but the more and more these games just blatantly tried, <laughs> tried to uh, put st- like make the story first and then the gameplay after. I, they just started to lose me more and more because so many of these stories are also just kind of bad. 
And it was never a problem before because the story was just a thing in the background to give you an excuse to walk right and jump every now and then. So the story didn't really matter. But now it's like you have these uh, developers like Naughty Dog who made Uncharted that are just, yeah, this is all about the story. And then you look at the story and it's like, this is just Indiana Jones over and over and over again. Except he's not nearly as charming as Indiana Jones. Like he has almost none of the charisma. Here's here's every Uncharted game storyline. Nathan Drake, he's looking for some treasure thing. Movie. (laughs) <laughs> he's looking for some 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 ancient whatever treasure thing that he's got to travel around the world to get to. Uh, some villain discovers that he's doing it. Uh, Nathan Drake escapes him, but then Nathan Drake finds out that the villain was actually just using him to 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 follow him to get to the treasure and then take the treasure right right as Nathan Drake found it. Every fucking the, one. And this which is the is fourth just, game in this which is just movie an in Indiana, which is a direct like ripoff of one of the Indiana Jones movies. Which which I'm fine with uh, getting some inspiration from that. Uh, just it's a, yes. if you get inspiration from something and do it ten times worse. I don't know what that is. I'm fine with it too, but yeah, they're doing it worse, and that's the main focus of the game. It's not like okay, that's we'll take this idea from Indiana Jones and we can frame a really cool game around it. They've framed an okay game that pops up every now and then, and then it's mostly about the story that they're ripping off and not doing as well. So I'll that's get a big it. Problem. I'll get it just out of the way quickly because I really. I, I don't really want to uh, talk a lot about uh, the game. You know, if you're you're listening, you go, okay, great. This is another movie that I haven't heard. So now I'm annoyed uh, because I haven't seen this movie yet. (laughs) And now I can't follow along with all the plot points. Well, don't worry because the plot is so boring that we don't have to talk that much about it at all. And everything you need to know is in that long, drawn-out Wikipedia entry. Um, the only other thing I'll get out of the way is that the gameplay is not very good. It's uh, it's supposed to be quote polished, but it actually has it's, a lot of. It's it, very. It's very dull. It's very okay. It's very. <laughs> it's it's it. very um, progressive and exciting for 2006. Huh. That it would have been like, whoa, this is like, look at this game. Everything seems to work. The problem is, is that they want to handhold you through this story and experience so much that the gameplay doesn't leave a lot of options. Like, say, so there's a lot of climbing in these games that you do. Like, you're scaling up cliff sides and you're jumping from one little ledge of the mountain to the next, but you can't really screw it up for the most part. Like, you're just holding forward and whatever the jump button is, probably X. Uh, and then he just successfully, oh, I, I he successfully could, does it. I like, did a lot of sections with just with one hand. Yeah, it's so linear because they want to make sure that they get their stupid little story like really crammed in there that the gameplay can't deviate too far because they got to make sure that story gets in there. Like, yeah. it, this is essentially what I hate about the games is, is this, about these games and, and other big modern games, uh, is the story first, gameplay second. It's like, let's create this big story and then ah, we'll, we'll shoehorn in some story in there at some point. Some gameplay in there. Or some gameplay, there. gameplay at yeah. the end there. Braden, so you, how much of, you didn't play it with us, but you said no. you were watching it online. Yeah, I watched some videos of how, it. How much did you see of the game? Um, about 40 minutes. Okay, so yeah. what, what, what percentage of that 40 minutes was gameplay versus oh, movie? Oh, Lord. Um, less than 10%. <laughs> less, I thought you were gonna say less than ten minutes, <laughs> less than ten, well, less than four minutes. A lot of it story, and then a lot of it was, 
I couldn't tell because I wasn't playing the game. Well, so. you weren't shooting somebody or climbing. Yeah. If you're shoot, the only gameplay is shooting or climbing. Uh, walking around while someone talks to you does not count as gameplay. But that's a big part of the game <laughs> in Uncharted is walking while someone else talks. Yeah. It's fine if you're scaling a wall and someone's talking to you. Sure, that's gameplay. They're just they're. It's fine for them to talk over that. They're not interrupting your but here's your, the your thing, wall scaling, your parkour experience. Because yeah, you said it before how these games are like heavily known to be a very polished gameplay experience. But then when you break down the actual game, like let's ignore the story stuff for just a minute here, and you break down. Well, you only the story, have about an hour long game. You break if you take this <laughs> yeah. ten hour game and get rid of the, the cutscenes. actual gameplay, and it's like you have walking while someone talks to you, which is boring, and you're just holding for it. Might as well be a cutscene. Like that that really isn't gameplay. You're other than the fact that you've tilted your, your thumb forward a little bit to move your character. And then you have climbing, which is so like streamlined and simple, and you can't fail it. It's just pressing X at the right time. Yeah, that's not game That there's play. no time limit even for. And then there's the shooting mechanics. The shooting mechanics are, pro- are the closest thing to a game, and I think you would probably agree they're very sloppy. Like They don't feel good. The shooting mechanics don't feel fun in the slightest. No, so I, I was it. so annoyed playing it. In terms of gameplay, it. it's like you have those three things, and the best of the bunch of them that has the most gameplay is the shooting that feels sloppy. It feels terrible. Yeah. Like the enemies are the enemies are not fun to fight. So, Brayden, what did you observe having been somebody who's never seen this type of movie, but you had to look it up on YouTube? Well, it reminded me like I don't keep up with modern games much. Most of my Movies. intake of it uh, is through <laughs> is through you guys. It reminded me a lot of the old uh, Prince of Persia games. It was like this is just Prince of Persia with a white guy he was <laughs> jumping around, he just yeah. jumping around and grabbing things. It was incredibly boring to watch. And the video I watched, the guy was it was just cruising through the game. It, it was the full game. It was ten hours and thirty three minutes. And this is a guy who's played it before, cruising. probably. So he's cruising. So it's and it we were constantly getting lost and not knowing where to go in a in a level design that's extremely linear. Like it's basically yeah. walking down a path, but they just like I had nowhere I needed to go almost after every single battle. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, John John made a John of Vision made a funny point yesterday. He said uh, every time you you're doing parkour and then you end up in an area where there's a bunch of enemies. Uh, and then after the enemies, you do a bunch of parkour. And he's like, how'd the enemies get to that spot? Like, they would have had yeah. to parkour there. Yeah. Like, I don't like even know how they got there. hundreds of enemies that are constantly following Yeah, you. they're always following you. It's like, how did they get... Are they all parkour experts, too? Yeah. And, and and a huge established thing is is that the guy that you're playing, yeah, he's this parkour expert, right? The, the things yeah. he's doing... Is that not, part of his backstory? Not really, but like he's... He's an adventurer. He's climbing he's on all these adventure. walls, and he's yeah. rock climbing. And he does, he does things that are pretty akin to what Tom Cruise does in Mission Impossible 2, where they're just borderline impossible stunts. Well, see, right? the, real, the problem with that is that these games take themselves too seriously, the Uncharted games, uh, movies, whatever. Movies. Uh, they take themselves too seriously. If you had a more cartoony or more tongue-in-cheek sort of thing and they were yeah, jumping from rock to rock and all the enemies were too, it'd be fine because who cares? But these games present this stupid story that's very serious. Where you're worried about your wife finding out yeah, about you taking this worried job. About your wife, but then suddenly everyone's also a parkour expert. <laughs> like <laughs> that's, those two things don't really work well together. Yeah, it was just a, it was a dumb point, I, but I just I thought it was a little bit funny. So, so you, this this video I watched was ten hours and thirty three minutes. I can't believe and you watched in, ten hours and thirty three minutes of this. I watched forty minutes of it, and in the side the side where all the, it has related videos, there was one titled Uncharted Four. All cutscenes. <laughs> I want you guys to guess how long was that? Oh video? man, eight um, hours. I'm gonna Andy? guess four. Seven hours, forty-eight minutes. 
of cutscenes. Oh my gosh. Generous. Isn't that insane? Man. Well, and what's really crazy. That movie had a lot of gameplay, actually. What's really crazy about, about that? I don't know how far or what the specifics Seven of that video hours. were, but that's just the cutscenes because there's a lot of sections like me and Mola I think it's including those sections, I bet. I don't think it's. Yeah, I'd have I think to it's see the video because there's so many sections where you're just walking and someone's talking to you. I guarantee you, it's including those. Cutscene. It's mm-hmm. it's totally going to be including those sections if it's seven well, hours I, and forty. I wonder. I would. Well, because there's not so. enough time left. Because there'd be five <laughs> hours of walking around, so you would have exceeded <laughs> yeah. the time of the. Yeah. Um, so the opening of this game, oh though, God. it's you're playing him as a kid, and you're just wandering around. I a friggin', you're wandering around like an orphanage, and I get that. You're trying. It's a way for them to teach you the controls and stuff. Yes. But are there three other games? Yes. Like the controls are very easy. You just press also, up. What like, do you need to wander around a stupid is, orphanage? Because they want to tell you the backstory. When you're getting to know his brother. I guess Indiana Jones does have that scene where he does the backstory though, and he's on the train with the, no. uh, the zoo a, animals. This is a modern game. Like I hate these tutorials above games where it's just like now tilt the controller up to look up. Everyone knows how to look up. We don't need to teach people how to look <laughs> up anymore. They, yeah. Elitist. If they're playing the fourth Uncharted, they have figured yeah. that out. Like exactly. That's Exactly. insane. I don't you know. I don't agree. To people that don't know how to look up in a video game, like they aren't playing video games, or they're playing so few that, like, don't worry, you're not getting much sales out of them anyway. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's what I think that's what this trend is is meant for, though, is to appeal to casual audiences more. Like people who aren't very good at video games. I mean, yesterday we were Who's playing with John Vision. He was giving me the controller for all the shooting parts. He says, oh, I, I suck at the shooting parts. I was like, but it's auto-aim. It locks on everyone immediately. He's like, ah, you do it. <laughs> like, like, like even people who, and he's played video games his whole life. He just, I, 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 think, that, I think that you're a huge elitist here, video game I mean, game maybe elitist. like this is what I'm talking about where, where mainstream games just went in a direction where I, they're just not for me anymore. Mm-hmm. Like the, what you're talking about where you start as a kid and you walk around while people talk to you. I am so impatient for that stuff. In games mm-hmm. nowadays, if a game starts like that, it's like it has, and I'll be generous, ten minutes of that, and then I'm out. Like I will stop playing the game. I don't buy a lot of big games, so it's not a big issue for it. Like I'm not yeah. that dedicated. Uh, I don't have to worry about if I've wasted money or not. Uh, but I am so impatient. I'm like, all right, come on, come on, come on, come on, mm-hmm. come on. Like, and honestly, stuff like that where you're playing as a kid, like if it's a shooter and you're starting the beginning of the game as like a kid, like following around your dad or whatever, and you're not actually shooting or whatever, it's like, this is not the game that I came here to play. I came here because right. it's like I'm playing this game that's a shooter or whatever. I should be shooting pretty goddamn quick, but instead it's like I'm just holding forward where I hear like this person explain to me what's going on. I, I would prefer a cutscene over that. Mm-hmm. It's like, let's not, don't, don't fucking dick me around. Like, don't fucking piss in my ear and tell me it's raining here. Like, I know <laughs> this isn't real gameplay. I'm not fooled because I'm holding forward and pushing yeah. X every now and then. Just give me, like, at that point, just give me a cutscene. Yeah. I don't want to walk around for 10 minutes as a kid who can't do anything but just and- to learn how to hold up to look up in the video. <laughs> but Andy, I want to have choices in my dialogue trees. I want to be able to mm. have an impact on the story and change what happens. <laughs> so my like when I when I talk about this like walking around as a child, I have a very specific example of something happened or when you were a child played, a video game <laughs> I played recently uh, the newest Killzone, which I think is the fourth one as well. Whatever, it came out, it released a PS4, whatever. It's a bad uh, movie. It was on sale for like five bucks, and I was like, oh, okay, I remember enjoying the second one. If it's only five bucks, I'll, I'll give it a shot, and if it's just like a... I'll above, buy anything for five bucks. An above average shooter, all right, cool. But then yeah. I start the game, and it's exactly what we're talking about. You start as a boy, and you're mm. following around your dad as the space Nazis talk over, which is going to sound awesome, like space Nazis, but I assure you, it's not that awesome. It's not as cool as it sounds. 
And then the space Nazis are attacking, but you're still a kid, like just avoiding stuff for like 10 minutes. And I'm like, okay, I know I got to get through this just to get to the parts where I'm an adult and I'm shooting a probably over in like, you know, 10, 20 minutes and it'll be awful. But then I can get to the shooty stuff, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then so I'm walking around as a kid, not doing, being able to do anything for like 15 minutes. And then that ends. And then it goes into like a 10, 15 minute long cutscene. It was, I don't actually know how long the cutscene was after that because it got 10 minutes into it. And I was like, fuck this. And I just skipped it. I was like, I don't care enough about the story to sit through this much fucking crap before I can fire a fucking gun in this shooter game. I just stopped. I just, I never, I didn't play it anymore. You never even played the game? No, I just stopped. Awesome. I was like, this is, and, and, or I finally actually got to the shooting parts and it felt sloppy. Oh, I remember so playing this more with you because I had, I had played it yes. and got through all that. And then we, so we spent a good 30, 60 minutes on the gameplay and it was, it was horrible. Yeah, so that's I hated what I really hate. It. Is, Anyways, is you've, a- you've heavy, like you front end loaded me with all this story stuff mm-hmm. that maybe it's interesting, maybe it's not, but. I don't actually know if I like your game yet because you haven't given me any gameplay. So I don't, right. I can't get invested into the story yeah, yeah. because I don't know if I even enjoy the video game. So now it's like I, I put up with all these cutscenes as much as I can before I skip it all, and then I get to the gameplay. It's like half hour fucking later, and it's just like, oh, this game sucks. So I stopped playing it completely, and then like two days later, I got the new. I'm doing finger quotes. The new Doom, which came out like last year, 2016. Oh, uh, what a beautiful difference in, uh-huh. in games that was. Like More on how to do a good intro for a video game after this week's Gremlin of the Week. Correction, da, da, we're not doing a Gremlin of the Week this week. It was, you know, Jonavision had some negative things to say about it. Like People have kind of spoken. They don't want Gremlin of the Week anymore. So today we're doing... The Gremlin of the Year. So I watched Gremlins two this last week. Yes, my for my second time ever watching it. An excellent choice. So you always talk about this movie going off the rails. Yes, and I was I was able to really notice exactly where that happens to watching. So I think we always talk about oh Gremlins two. It's it's not actually that great, but it's awesome because it goes off the rails. But I actually think the first half of the movie is a really good movie. I really enjoyed all of it. It had a lot of funny things to say. They're making fun of the first Gremlins movie and and. And, and all this stuff. And I think what happens is just they start to show the gremlins drinking all the potions and becoming other gremlins, and mm-hmm. then they just don't stop for, yes, for just, like a good 30 minutes. It's just another gremlin drinking another yes. potion, and then another, mm-hmm. him terrorizing, and then another one. And it's like usually you would expect that to happen once or twice, no, but it, it happens like nuts. seven or eight times. It's just another gremlin drink, and it's like, oh, my gosh. Like they just, they just really uh, tuck off on those ideas. So I realized that... Uh, the first Gremlins and the second Gremlins has a bit of a different arrangement on the theme song. And, uh, oh, really? Yeah, so the first, the first Gremlins, it's much slower and more like, and it's more creepy. Okay. And, and it's, yeah. Dun, 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 yeah, that's the one I'm really familiar with. I didn't even really know there was a difference. Well, the other, the, the, the Gremlins 2 one is a good 20 beats faster going. Oh, really? so, that so makes it's, sense. Yeah, it's just that going, it's going sense. way that faster. And it has this awesome MIDI orchestra and, oh, really? and saxophone and tuba oh, section going. And it sounds so great. And I, I love this. The, the second theme song is the one that I'm always thinking of. It's so hmm. awesome. I'll, I'll, I'll give you a little listen later. But if you want to listen to a Gremlins theme, make sure you check out the second Gremlins theme. And we know that you do. So dun, 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 the Gremlin dun, dun. of the year is not actually from Gremlins, dude. Uh, 
but I am going with, I had to make it a special one. And I'm actually surprised neither or none of us have. I wonder if this is the gremlin I was going to bring in, but uh, go ahead. Uh, the gremlin I'm referring to, and he actually has a name, is Stripe. Ah. Oh. That wasn't uh, the one I was thinking. So Stripe is, he's the quintessential gremlin in essence he's on the cover of the post are you sure you didn't bring in stripe before no and i i I know you know some i listen to all our the diehard gremlin of the week fans are gonna maybe might confuse it with uh brayden you brought it you brought it in you brought in the spider gremlin which is his name is mohawk Mohawk, yeah Yeah, that's what i was messing it up with he's kind of like yeah he's the unofficial like like, reborn incarnation or whatever incarnation um but he's he's essentially Stripe is the, fir- Stripe's him, the first gremlin. He's from the first movie. I think so. I think he. They, mm-hmm. Well, they all become. There's like five of them that turn into that, that turn into gremlins at about the same time. But he's kind of the one that gets put forth in the movie the most. They call him Stripe because he has a mohawk. Like mm-hmm. his hair, he has like a white tuft of hair that's in the shape of a mohawk. Obviously, that's why they call him Mohawk in the second one. Um, and just what makes him great, he's like the unofficial leader of all the other gremlins. They always, they always kind of follow him, and like he's always in a dominant position. Like when they're in the, the tavern scene, and they're playing poker, and one of them starts laughing at him, and so he takes out a tiny little adorable gremlin-sized gun, and he shoots him with it. <laughs> like, um, he's gambling, right? Do you think he's, yes. he lose a hand or something? Yeah, they're playing poker. Yeah, I don't, know, I don't remember exactly the... why he shoots him. But he well, the guy's being a really sure. annoying gremlin. He's like, ah! You lost, yeah. you lost. Uh, but throughout, like he just shoots him in the face. He's pretty much littered throughout the whole movie. So I, I, I can't talk about like all the scenes with him are too much. But I think the greatest scene with him is at the very end uh, in the toy store. Oh, when all the other gremlins have been killed uh, in the movie theater because they blew it up. Why was it? What happened again that he wasn't in the theater? Because something happened to him. Did I don't know. You guys I are talking he, about it all right now. Like, I think he saw it happening me. and he escaped. Anyway, okay. so all the other gremlins have been yeah. killed. The only gremlin left is Stripe. Uh, they, he runs away into Lone a, survivor, Stripe. Yeah. He runs away into a Toy Story. Billy Peltzer, the main character, follows him in there to, to finish him off for good. We've got to get rid of this one last gremlin before he, he, he m- multiplies himself again. And then that's when it kind of becomes a bit of like a cheesy horror movie, like gets into the cheesy horror aspect of Gremlins. Mm-hmm. And uh, Stripe is trying to kill Belly Peltzer. Billy Peltzer. Belly Peltzer. <laughs> Belly Peltzer. <laughs> Belly, Belly Peltzer. <laughs> and the stuff that he does is awesome. Like, so Billy's walking through the store, and then all like the t- there's like a wall of TVs in the back, and that all have Stripe's face on them. He somehow got on them all, and he's just like laughing at him as he walks through the <laughs> store. Uh, he starts throwing. He pulls. Stripe does a great uh, John Matrix impression and th- starts throwing saw blades. At Stripe. <laughs> That's yeah. Great. Uh, he John gets, Matrix from Commando for yes, idiots. That doesn't need to. Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> it doesn't need to be said amongst us now. <laughs> so Billy, Billy's walking through the store with a baseball bat because he's just going to smack him over the head and kill him. He's thinking. And so then Stripe finds one of those like baseball machine thrower things. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you call those. Uh, and he just aims it at Billy. Starts pelting him <laughs> with baseballs, which is just great. I don't know if they intentionally did that because he's holding a baseball bat, but it, it works really well together. It's funny. Shoots him with a crossbow. Like, <laughs> like, he's just absolutely torturing him. And then he tries to like chainsaw him with this, again, adorable little gremlin-sized chainsaw like, <laughs> holding it over him. But then like the lights come on and gremlins uh, get, get, they don't like get hurt by light. And he falls backwards and the chainsaw like falls on the ground and like drags the gremlin back. It's a great scene. Uh, but what I think I love most about Stripe, just to close it off here, uh, is he has the greatest death scene in the whole franchise. Oh, easy. easy. Absolutely easy. Like, he goes into a fountain to, to multiply himself, 
But then uh, Gizmo, the, the Mogwai, the furry little creature who hasn't become a gremlin the Furby. Yet. Yeah, the Furby, as most people will probably think. Um, <laughs> yeah, he opens the blinds because it's, it's, it's morning by that time, and all the sunlight hits uh, Stripe, and he has nowhere to escape, and he kind of falls into the water. But then he like pops out of the water again, and they think he's coming back to life. But then he's like melting at this point, and the effects are just fucking great. Some of them I don't even really know how they did. Like it's clearly a puppet, but it's got it's like weird melting, and you can start to see more of like his 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 muscle and mm-hmm. and, and bones and whatever. And then eventually, like his skeleton just kind of collapses on the ground, but it's still melting. And it's like I don't actually know how they. Did I think the they effect. just used acid. <laughs> yeah, it has it has a great like melting effect, and it's just a it's a wonderful, beautiful, disgusting death scene, and that's mm-hmm. why Stripe is the gremlin of the year. Man, I just remembered that we're playing Majora's Mask after this, Braden Zelda. Oh, Woo. I'm so excited! I'd like, let's, get, let's say let's get this podcast over here so I can go down to the, how many gremlins the graveyard. Are in Majora's Mask. <sighs> Least not enough. At least the answer is always not enough. We need <laughs> That's gremlins. true. That's true. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was this week's uh, year's uh, gremlin. I thought about it, so let me tell you. Let's let's talk about something else that's irrelevant. Speaking of irrelevant thoughts that just popped into my head, Brian, you were telling me you were telling us that camping story. I think five or six episodes ago, and I was thinking about. Because we live in kind of an area where there's a lot of camp type people, people who like to hike and mm-hmm. and go outside. And I love people who they try to take your camping experience and and they want they they want it to be a certain amount of roughness before you can call it camping. Oh, so you're not like, uh, you brought your cell phone or something. Yeah, you you brought a you brought a what, tent. You some kind of ally. What did you bring your skin? <laughs> would you bring your skin with you? Oh, that's not very camping. Like you, if you to be a really good camper, you have to peel all your skin off and uh, jump in salt water. That's camping. That, that's how, that's how you'll have a good time at the camping. So it's like they're like camping elitist. Yeah, and everybody's a camping elitist. It's like, uh, yeah, I, I'll, I'll go in a motorhome if it's up to me. I'd, I'd bring a TV with me and just play video games out in the woods and uh, maybe chop some wood. It's pretty fun. Well, that's not camping. This is camping. It's like, oh, I guess I just won't ever do that ever. See ya. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's like, like you just are very insistent on making sure that no one can enjoy the hobby nah. that you like because it's like do you want so do you want more people to camp or do you want less people to like what do you what do you what do you what are you aiming for here? I don't understand these people that like they're into a thing and it's like they, they just want to push it on other people and make sure other people do it. It's like I get fucked. Like, yeah, right, maybe stop. I'm not camping, all right, uh, but I'm doing some other thing that is like camping and I like it more because I can. Yeah, still and it's play like Majority well, don't call it camping then. Okay, uh, right, I'll just I'll me. just use a bunch of words that I don't can't even think of. Like what what is sorry what's the replacement word? I think it's called like. Uh, it's like a sort of luxury camping, glamping, glamping, or? glamping which I hate. I hate glamping. those conjoined words. Yeah, oh, it's yeah, like what's glamour that? camping. That's where you go on a motor. This is a thing that people well, that's what that's just what they call it. It's like oh, camping. It's glamping. Yeah. What's with this camping snobs? Right? Yeah, yeah, it's brutal. Yeah, you're the last. It, exactly the same people who hate snobs. By the way. The exact same people who would be like, oh, city folk, like yeah, they're snobs yeah, and stuff. Yeah, kind of. Oh, okay. You're right. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're not any better at all. You're just you're just the exact same, except you prefer like nat- nature what do you type care if things. Someone's, yeah, they're sitting beside a campfire or someone who's sitting beside a campfire with their iPhone. Who cares? 
Like that, that's the experience. You got to engage with everything mm-hmm. around you and like whatever. Yeah. I, and, th- and this is what I have people. Um, it's like you're waiting in line uh, at something and it's like, oh, can't you engage with the world around you with your cell phone? It's like, great. Yeah. I'm really missing out on this waiting in line experience that's been contributing to my life until I had a cell phone. Like can't, can't wait to fully experience waiting in line again. Like <laughs> who cares? Like what? It's like there's this virtue that fully experiencing your life is, is somehow better for you. It's like... If I don't have to experience the really bad parts of my life or like mm-hmm. just the boring parts, I think probably boring is less hazardous. You have to you have to experience a certain amount of well, bad so things no, just to be a well-rounded person. There's and, no difference between that and reading a book in line. It's like you're just using your time effectively. That's all it is. Yeah, it's, it's it's like I, I'm usually working. Yeah, <laughs> I'm usually like t- texting a client or something like that. Oh man, you can't get off your phone and experience the world around you. And it's it's not even like a lot of people say, it, but you can tell, especially older yeah. people, that they're like. They're, they're thinking, they're looking at you and thinking about it or something. It's like, I don't know what you want. Like I was at the subway this morning and I was, and I was on my phone and she was making my sandwich or whatever. And uh, you kind of like get that glare. It's like, like what, what is the experience that I'm missing out on right now? Like ordering a sandwich? Like what, <laughs> what, what, what's, what do you want? So anyways, let's. Uh, oh, fuck off with your camping. Yeah. Camping sucks. Camping sucks and you shouldn't <laughs> tell people how they should experience their own hobbies. So uh, let's talk about how bad these video games are that uh-huh. everybody loves so much. I'm uh, <laughs> sorry, these movies that, that people <laughs> like and they, uh, they prefer. So there was a... So Nathan Drake is the same... Okay, because I, when I was watching this video of the, the playthrough of the game, uh-huh. I heard the word Nathan and I heard the name Drake. Yeah, and Nathan Drake. No one told me it was the same guy. <laughs> like, so who is he? Is he Drake? Okay, they you keep calling him Drake. Nathan, I guess comma, he's Drake. Drake. Nathan, but no, no, but Drake, get over here. I heard Nathan a couple times, but I'm like, wait, he's Drake though. Okay, whatever. And then I just kind of put it out of my head. I'm like, oh wait, Nathan's maybe his brother, but then they call his brother, is it Sam? Yeah, it's Sam. Sam. It's a stupid name. Is it Sam? No, it's Sam. Okay. <laughs> I just said it. Yeah, then. and it just got confusing. So when you said in your intro, the first thing you said was Nathan Drake. I was like, oh, I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first time you realized that was 20 minutes ago? Yeah. That's so great. Um, so there's, there's, this, there's this media fluid... Uh, attempt that that's kind of constantly happening here. Trying, and that's, trying to blend video games in with to be more like movies. Is that what you're getting at? Yeah, I, I mean that's that's what I that's what I call it. It's oh, I'm just a media fluid game. It's like oh, what am I? Am I a movie? Am I a book? Uh, <laughs> it's like a spork. <laughs> you're looking at me like I'm dumb, but you were ranting on about how yeah, they had no, books no, no, that no. you had to read in Uncharted yesterday. You're on, oh, you, so, man, if we were watching a movie and they made you read a book so in the middle of it, thing. people would riot and burn down the things. This is, not just, uh, ex- <laughs> this is not just exclusive to uh, Uncharted. A lot of games do this. Uncharted also does it where there's a bunch of these collectible whatever journals that are left around that your character stumbles upon written by... Who cares? Some guys in the story. <laughs> Some young Somebody's guy. Somebody's dead. Um, Some definitely someone who's dead. And then you pop it open, and none of it's all that interesting because it's all about like, yeah, we were looking for the treasure, and then we stumbled into a cave, and we had to leave the cave because there was a, a tiger there. So it's all this boring crap about them looking for a treasure. It's like I don't care. I just want to be the guy looking for the treasure. What the, what the hell is this? And it's so long. They're always so fucking long. It's like five long paragraphs, like these huge paragraphs of stuff that me personally, I don't care about. So I'm just like, there's no way I'm reading this. But I've started thinking, 
can you imagine if a movie did this? Uh, I know what a lot of people are going to think. I'll get to that in a sec. But you imagine that just the middle of a fucking movie, all of a sudden the movie just paused and this the text. character picks up a book or something. Yeah, and the, and and then the screen kind of goes mostly black and it's some text, like five like huge paragraphs worth of text come up explaining some, like part of the story. Army of Darkness. Or maybe in the middle of a movie? Necronomicon opens that yeah, book can, up and yeah, he puts can, it on the screen. You have to read it. It's a picture book. But well, still. I know a lot, of, a lot of you fucking allies are going to say something. Oh, what about, Star, what about the beginning of Star Wars? you have a problem with that? And it's like, well, it's different. It's at the beginning of the movie. It's very short. It's like three very small paragraphs that are in big print. It's stylized cool. It's stylized, and it, just, yeah. it just sets up a few things. And also, I do think it's like, that is kind of a dated thing from Star Wars. It's kind of I mean, part of the tradition of Star Wars at this point. But given, if you look at it, it's a pretty dated concept. Given the option between a boring political dialogue scene yeah. and a little th- little three-paragraph thing at the beginning, I'll take that paragraph thing every day of the week. I don't want to see anybody talk about politics or the state of their over a, galactic over empire. A scene? Oh, over over some boring scene with Leah, like talking about, I mean, about I the politics or I something. Want, I don't want to hear people talk about politics. I don't want either. But Star Wars, it. the reason I think it's a bad example because it's three really short paragraphs. So if you actually condense the print down, like onto a book, it would be it would be. They could just say it so fast. It's not that much print. I'm talking about in games when you stumble across those journals and it's like five huge paragraphs of a bunch of boring shit that that's not relevant to yeah. the game because they couldn't have made it necessary for the story in case you didn't actually find it. Right. So it's, it's not. It's, it's no information that you need. It's ever. an especially bad example because you could just make that yellow Star Wars text just say lorem ipsum whatever, and people would be like, "Yeah, like, like it's really iconic looking text. Like you can't you can't escape it." Uh, the so, Necronomicon's in like ancient Sumerian, anyways, Muller. Yeah. So I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, they expect you to read that. Uh, <laughs> They're like, "You better learn ancient Sumerian if you want to watch Army of Darkness." That's what a true Army of Darkness fan would would do. Before we move too far forward, though, I was in the middle of telling that Doom story. Oh, right. Um, yeah, back the after the break about the, the right way to do an intro for a, a movie. Anyway. <laughs> um, so I played this Killzone game, had long-winded uh, intro that took so long that I basically gave up uh, as, as soon as I started playing the gameplay, which sucked. So then like a couple days later, I fire up the new Doom, which is just, man, you, within 30 seconds, you got a gun in your hand, you're killing demons. And then some guy comes on awesome. the screen. And it's starts, within 15 seconds, yeah, probably. Some even. guy comes on the monitor, like this telemonitor, telecom monitor thing, and tries to explain to you like what's going on. And your character listens to it for about 10 seconds and then smashes the TV up against the wall because he doesn't care. He just wants to kill demons. Then like 10 seconds later, you find a shotgun and you're fighting a room full of imps. And it was just, it was just, beautiful contrast to what I had experienced with Killzone where it was just immediately I'm, I'm and you playing, played these right playing, after each other yes, like, like, oh, back like to within back. a day of each other I'm playing I, this won't work for all games I understand but a game Doom Doom is like you're a guy with a shotgun killing demons like I just awesome. want to feel like a badass and for yeah. it to play well and control well and for it to be fun in essence Killzone was the same thing you're fighting space Nazis it's a stupid concept, which I'm fine with, but I don't want a half an hour of dialogue about why. And it took the Nazis itself really seriously. Taking itself way too seriously. A game about, about space Nazis. Space Nazis and should they not have be like serious. crazy like jetpacks and mechanical stuff. Like it should not be serious at all. I'm fine with an I, the concept of shooting space Nazis in a video game. It's so dumb that I think it's perfect for a video game. 
Not if you take a half an hour explaining to how they're being like segregated onto our planet and they're starting to like take over the community. And I don't want to care about the. Yes, this is what the oh, beginning man. of Killzone Four. Is yeah, about. I'm starting to begin. Oh. I'm beginning to fuck think- that. It's space nuts. Just give me a shotgun so I can shoot him in the face and make make it feel good to do that in mm-hmm. terms of the controls and whatever. I'm beginning to think that I just think stupid because when you say space Nazis, like, oh, that sounds great. Like I, mean, I like there's not even there's not a translation where I'm like oh that's really stupid so that's great in in this way I I immediately just oh yeah it sounds my awesome. immediate reaction is nice <laughs> nice it's about, it's about knowing about what it. It. it's about knowing what it is you think nice because you're imagining like how something fun uh, something fun <laughs> well, yeah. you're not imagining like this long winded you got to read five paragraphs about uh, why the space Nazis are the way they are <laughs> and how they got into power what and and you're just a boy following you you're not imagining that you're imagining like jumping off of some cliff and stomping the space Nazi's face. Yeah. That's what, and you're imagining it being like colorful and there's like these evil looking Nazis running that just look fun to shoot. Like, mm-hmm. that's what you're imagining. You're not imagining what actually happens in the game. Then I play Doom and Doom, like, I, I, I love the new Doom. I highly recommend it to everyone. I'm not going to go too deep into it because I don't really care to give a review of it. It's just really fucking good and does everything right. It knows what it is. It's Doom. Mm-hmm. You're there to kill demons. Let's not pretend like you're not and add all this like dumb story crap. Um, I, I highly recommend it to to everyone. Um, but yeah, like that's what games, that's what modern big games do nowadays, and that's where they really just started to lose me. It's like you have this fun concept about shooting space Nazis, but then I'm a boy in the <laughs> game, just walking forward, following around my dad for 15 minutes or whatever and I I just hate it I'm I'm very impatient at the beginning of games because like I said I don't want to sit or I don't want to sit around playing this game and learning all about the Nazis for half an hour just to get to the gameplay and realize that oh this gameplay is not even for me in the first place like, mm-hmm. I just wasted a half an hour so I'm, I'm not on board at the beginning like you got to give me if you're going to do that give me the taste of your gameplay first and yeah. then uh, sprinkle in the other the other crap, like that sounds just like such an awful experience. Yeah, because you you come at it from a, a, a like you you mostly just play older games. Mostly, yeah, for the most part. And, but they mostly you just you start you pick up the controller and you're almost always boom you're in it. Yeah, most they, of the time. Yeah, I think at that point it was probably because they didn't have the resources to tell like <laughs> a big story, so they just didn't try. But it was one of those things where it's like, well, their lack of ability to do it made for. A better experience. Yeah, because they're like, well, we better make the gameplay really good then, right? Yeah. And, um, yeah. Anyway. But yeah, so like back to Uncharted, it's just you, you stumble, <laughs> and a lot of other games do it, but you stumble upon these journals and it has like five paragraphs. And I, just, I, I imagine any other medium doing this. Imagine it if you're in the middle of a movie and then all of a sudden the movie paused because the, the, the character you were watching picked up a book and you had to read what they were reading instead of having a character just say one sentence that explained it all. Imagine if any, it's, I don't know why it's acceptable in video games. I have no fucking clue why that's an acceptable thing in video games. Sorry, I was in the bathroom. Did you guys talk about um, the point about how all feminists are faking it yet? Okay, I can get onto that. <laughs> Is that Nathan Drake's a big feminist? Yeah, well, I mean, you guys saw that uh, after Uncharted 4, they released the feminist version of Un- Uncharted. Uh, started starring the two women. Well, they had to. They had to pander. Is this, to this pander to a social joking? trend now? No, there's a, there's like an there's an uncharted. It's not Uncharted Five, but it's Uncharted it's again. Like an unofficial side Uncharted. Where All you're playing re- as a bunch of it's, broads. It's it's 
the third too many Uncharted's in this series, by the way. The first two were fine, and they never should have made another one. Um, Isn't it just Tomb Raider at that point, then? Yeah. Because yeah. Uncharted is just it's, Uncharted is just ripping off Indiana Jones and Tomb Raider. That's what's going on. And now they made one. Like the, every, when, when Uncharted first came out, people were calling it Dude Raider. Because it was so much like Tomb Raider, now like they're just back. Now they're just back to ripping off Tomb Raider. Like it's a weird circle. Um, Yeah, but well, so in in the one that we were playing, they have this they have this heist scene, or it's an auction scene. So they're trying to steal. They're trying to steal this cross that's at an auction. You go to an auction. Yeah, you go to an auction and you you get to bid on this. This is modern. (laughs) This is modern (laughs) video game. Awful. Yeah. So uh, you're. So this isn't a game about auctioneering that they've made like this fun little like puzzle game out of. This is a game where you're supposed I'd to be play that scaling game. up mountains and shooting things. Yeah, and all so of a sudden you're at a fucking auction. <laughs> you're supposed to be, I think, taking some artifact from the auction that they're that they're auctioning off. So you have to go cut the power so that you can so the lights will be off and then they can steal the thing before the auction goes. So there's a scene where you are in the power room and they're like, and they're on the radio and the item that you're trying to steal has come up for bid. So they're like, dude, we're out of time. We got to get this thing done before the bidding's done. So the mechanism in place to keep the pressure on you is that you can hear them bidding up the cost on the artifact. So, and your buddy is to bidding keep on pressure it. Pressure on you? Yeah. So you're supposed to feel bad that your buddy's going to lose a lot of money if you don't cut the power in time because he's going to accidentally win the auction uh, instead of. Stealing it. What, <laughs> what happens if you don't do it in time? Uh, a guy runs into your room and machine guns you to death really quickly, and then it reloads. I'm actually surprised <laughs> there's even that. I've seen a lot of uh, different games. Do you remember that game that came out last year or the year before called like The Order 1886? I just bought it. Something like that. <laughs> they were in for a treat. If uh, it, was only, it, was only four, it was only four bucks. <laughs> I wanted to, I wanted to see it out. Like, uh, I saw this scene of people playing it where it's like a sort of cut scene, but you have some control over it. Like a quick time event comes up, which is where they like a button prompt will come up on screen. You got to push it before it goes away, or you fail it. And basically, this in this scene, this guy had the main character that you're playing as in a chokehold. He's like wrestling him to the ground. And the video I saw, the person playing it said, uh, "I wonder what happens if I just don't do anything." Yeah, that's what I did. That's how I found out about the machine and in, gun thing. In the order 1886, nothing. They just <laughs> they kind of sat there doing like this struggling choking motion, and nothing happened. So it's literally like it's a quick time event where. There's no time limit. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a, a quick. It's, it's just, just a time a, it's event. Just event. No, it's just, it's just a, an event. It's not a quick event or a time event. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's just a. Wow, that's pretty generic. At that, at that <laughs> point, I can't help but think when you shoehorn in gameplay stuff like quick time events, which he is did the finger quotes there, just a glorified cutscene where you have to hit X for it to keep going to make you feel like you're playing something, but you're not really. I, I can't help but think of of them like. Like you're just watching a movie with a broken DVD player or something, and every now and then it pauses, so you got to hit X again to make the movie continue. <laughs> That's what I think about when I think about those dumb cutscenes where you can't possibly fail them. You're just hitting X to make it continue. It's 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 the illusion of gameplay. It's not really gameplay. You're hitting X, so I guess by technicality yeah. it is. But that is that's some weak ass gameplay. It's a huge illusion. So more about how all feminists are faking it after this uh, read from our sponsor. Mm. <laughs> um, this episode is brought to you by the P book converter. So um, you guys have heard of three. Just always piss and shit. As, as no, no, no. It's like your... a like a letter P, not a P E. Oh, okay. the, the, the P book converter um, instead of an E book converter. Oh. Uh, so you guys have heard of three D printers uh, heard of them, yes. that you can uh, print objects. But have you heard of the P book 
converter that converts ebooks and prints them out as books. So the Linux printers that are sponsoring us, sir. Yeah, it's it's the next evolution of printers. Before we could print 3D objects, and now we can print out books. Wow. Uh, and the future uh, so, is now. So it's a new way of of manufacturing books uh, to sell them in the bookstore. So uh, if you're Kohl's or one of these bookstores, you're you're a book uh, publisher, you know, get a hold of the P-book converter. They'll take all your e-books from all your Kindles and they'll convert them into real books so you can sell them in the bookstore. Wow. Uh, Thanks. Quite a pr- Never heard of converter. such a, such advanced technology. Thank you. <laughs> it's uh yeah, it's pretty uh it's pretty offensive. So, you know how Netflix has that skip intro button now? When the when the intro uh, yes. music comes on, yeah, I remember. I haven't had Netflix for a while, but I remember that becoming a thing when I when I last had it. Yeah, so I mean, it's pretty it's pretty good because like you can really easily skip stuff, and I'm really happy to be skipping the Office theme at this point because I've heard that theme song way too many yeah. times. Yeah, that's not a theme that does well with repeats. Yeah, but I was watching the new BoJack Horseman, and I was really offended that it would even suggest skipping that I intro. I love that intro. Why yeah, would I'm Why would huge, you ever skip? I'm that? not huge on that show, but I do remember it having a great. Oh intro. man, what a what a great intro and song! Yeah. How dare they like they should have written into the programming. A big, a big circle with a cross through it. No, no, no! Show that button for this show. Uh, uh-huh. No one needs it. <laughs> big, big, uh, big waste of time. So uh, about those, about those feminists. So there's a. Uh, so in that auction scene, you run into this uh, this black chick who's like uh, she has an army or something. Are they something. auctioning women? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, <laughs> never. Um, so she's. Games aren't that fun. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so she's. Uh, so she 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 has some army, some mercenary army, right? So she's uh, she ends up running into Nathan Drake, and uh, you end up having a fight a fight with her. And I was thinking about the, kind of the this fake feminism in this game, and how and how they're all just faking it. Because well, I haven't seen enough of the game to know about this stuff. So so the idea is that she's kind of in this power position because she's a better fighter than you. So how it works is that you can't win the fight against her. And I was thinking like. So the so your idea of, of a feminist action is making a game w- the only way that a woman could win a fight is if she can't lose. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's that's what your guys' idea is for for a, a strong female awesome. character it is that it's like, programmed that you cannot beat her. Yeah, it would be like if there was some <laughs> MMA fight and someone was trying to prove like, look, the women are just as strong and they took like the same weight class or whatever, but then they took the guy and then they tied his hands behind his back and they're like, all right, now, now see if you can beat her. <laughs> oh, Oh, you couldn't, could you? No, it looks like women are just are exactly the same as MMA fighters for you. Identical in every way. So, uh, yeah, there's a... I guess I can't verify that all feminists are faking it, but I know that these guys are. What are they faking? 100%. They're faking their feminism. Oh, okay. Anytime a company like this does something like this, and if they're really trying... If they or their audience is really trying to push for, I look how forward thinking they are, and it's like there's always some hole in it where it doesn't. The company doesn't care if they've done that and they've intentionally put that stuff in. They're just trying to capitalize on it being a social trend. Whether the trend is wrong or not, the company doesn't give a fuck. They don't care. They don't care about you. They don't care about any of the guys too. It's not like they're just, oh, we just like guys more, so we're making our games for guys. They don't care about that stuff. It's just more guys are playing video games. So (laughs) yeah. The stories and whatnot tend to be catered more toward boys and whatever. And the next thing they'll probably the company doesn't fucking care about you. They never have. Well, the next thing the company is probably going to do to appeal to people is uh, rename Naughty Dog, spell it D A W G. Naughty Dog. To, uh... <laughs> Naughty Dog. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, like also a, naughty dog. Like that's not that's that's getting close to like a sexual aggression. Naughty, you know. They should, oh, they should change it to not naughty dog. You better be an ally for these people. <laughs> yeah, I'm. Um, Coming an ally. Yeah, we're things. we're really right to to rip on that term. There's something about it that's just all these my fucking my, allies. My blood pressure immediately <laughs> starts when I hear that. I don't know. Yeah, it's 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 like it's like somebody's trying to talk to you in another language entirely. No, what it is is it's like because they always. If you're not this, if I hate to be saying stuff like this because I don't think about it. If you're not a feminist like ally. If you're, if you're a straight white male, it's like we kind of don't want you. You're like you're, There's a lot of negative things in regards to your privilege, blah, 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 blah. But we have allies. So it's like, it's like they want your support, but they still don't want to acknowledge you as one of them. So it's a special word. You're an ally. You're not really one of us, but we're going to include yeah. you in because we, we want your support. Be, well, we don't, want to, we don't want to be so explicitly exclusive considering we keep yeah. saying inclusiveness <laughs> yes. in every sentence that we use. Yeah, um, I think that's what it is. But yeah, either way, it's, it's ally. Yeah, yeah the, I, I've, been, I've been kind of like, because obviously we kind of rip on it. I don't think we really, I don't think we really hold back uh, like with, with making fun of neoliberal feminism and stuff and it's like somebody listening could be confused into wondering it's like oh well you know do you even respect women or something then it's like oh we're just i'm just being a caricature here like it's uh yeah. it's just kind of making fun of that so I, when i talk to people it's a weird question do you it's like do you respect whatever this group it's like well i i feel like i do but respect is a weird thing like what your version of respect might be different than my my version yeah it's like a, that's I'll, a hard question for me to answer in any kind of way that's gonna give you a satisfactory uh, answer. Yeah, because it's not, because I have to say a very particular verb. I don't know exactly what that verbiage is, but it always has to do, like, it's like, um, would you hire a woman for a job? Is she good at the job? Yes. Yeah, sure. Uh, (laughs) Like, uh, you know, is, and, and it's like, being a woman or a man or a minority, nothing has anything to do with anything to me. I'm like, can you do the job? Yeah, sure. Okay, go ahead. Uh, like, uh, you're hired. Uh, no problem to me. <laughs> like, and, and, and I think that it's like you try to, you try to create these scenarios where it, it like intersects with, oh, well, would you hire someone who is bad at it? It's like, well, my priority is more as an employer than as like, like than an activist. Like it's like, I'm talking I just before. have to meet the demands of the job. Like companies I'd, don't care about all of these things that all of these socials, they just don't, they care about their bottom line. They care about getting that thing as, as low as possible. Like, they yeah. don't fucking care about the social issues. And if they start to, th- and if it really looks like, the, oh, yeah, this company's really progressive, blah, blah, no, no, they just realize that it's a social trend and they can exploit mm-hmm. it for cash. They don't care. They're just worried about how much money they, they, they can make. They don't care if you're black, white, or whatever. If, like, if they feel that you're better suited for the job or they can sell you something better, that's what they're going to gear toward. It's a business. They're trying to make money. Yeah, I I had somebody I had somebody ask me again this week, and they're like, "Oh, do you think you're smarter than women?" And I was like, <laughs> "What were you saying? <laughs> Why would them? I?" No, nah, they, they, there's just like it's like you know we we're, we're talking about this stuff, and it's like it's like no, I just think I'm smarter than most people. <laughs> like like it's yeah. like it's not it, it like it's not women exclusive. But when I'm go I'm not going. I've never gone on a date with a man. I don't have lots of stories about men I've met out. on dates, you know? So, yeah, I know. I am, I am missing out. It's like, if, I, if you ask me, like, what do you think the average intelligence is between men and women? I'd be like, yeah, probably most of them are dumb as shit, like men and yeah. women. Like, they're, like, I meet a lot of dumb people, and it's like, 
you know, but if I say it about a woman, you're going to be like, oh, you're sexist. It's like, I'm just happy to say that about a man. Like, most people are yeah, dumb. Just don't get so uppity about people having a different opinion. And it's like, I just like, I, I, I find offensive things funny. Like, well, yeah, but, I know that not everyone will, but just calm down. But in the like, I'm, not, I'm not even voting. Like, what do you care? In the details of it, though. anything. In the details of it, all that matters is would you say that same thing about uh, somebody like 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 this person said this and you thought that was dumb, right? It was a woman. It's like, would you have thought that was dumb if it was a man? Yeah, of course I would. Oh, well then it's not sexist. Mm -hmm. Like, and it it's pretty simple. And it's like, yeah. oh, would you uh, would you expect a man to have childbirth? It's like, well, listen, some of those things are different. <laughs> like, it's like it's not sexist to just notice that mostly only women can give birth. <laughs> like, so there's a few there's a few changes where it's going to be like inherently not quote equal. It's, sorry, like I I don't know what to say about it. So, anyways, I have a note here on Uncharted <laughs> where it says it talks about the two hours of cutscenes in the game because I because I thought that that was uh, exaggerated and and ridiculous, but apparently it's seven hours and forty eight minutes, uh, <laughs> which is uh, which is which is pretty incredible. So, there's a game that I'm not going to say started this trend because I don't think it is, but it was it was a a quote pioneer in, mm -hmm. in this in this storytelling of the, the cutscenes in video the storytelling in okay. video games, okay. um, and it's called Heavy Rain and. Um, so it's the heavy rain wasn't the first of this series, but it's kind of one that people noticed a lot. Um, so heavy rain has no gameplay elements. The whole story is these as these, little these, as there possibly can. There be. couldn't be yeah. There couldn't be less. It's technically it's like oh, there's technically some choices and things that like input that you're putting in there, but it's as as minimal as it possibly can get. Yeah. So you can like most the gameplay involves like uh, you're talking to somebody, so it asks you like what do you say. And it'll say, press A for this line, X to say this line, or Y to say this line, like that kind of thing. Um, and that's pretty much mm -hmm. the whole game. And uh, there was even a scene... Well, it gets worse than that, just to spell it. Because I know, Brayden, you probably haven't seen any of this game. No, I've seen... That sounds like Knights of the Old Republic, though. It's not... No, 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 Knights of the Old think, Republic has way about, more gameplay. Think about, okay. think about starting a game, and you start the game as just like a regular, like... 30-ish year old dad who wakes up in the morning and then starts his breakfast and whatever but there's like weird button prompts for that for like picking for up, all for of like those interactions getting out some bread it's not even like press it a it'll be like that's wow. the it'll be like rotate your joystick yeah. and stuff like like like, like rotate your joystick inputs. in like a weird pattern and stuff like it's so not was it's, it like the sims game the sims they no, the sims do you just thing. the you sims just you just eventually it becomes more than just you know making toast or whatever okay. eventually there's a story that unfolds but it's still the same basic idea that it's these really non-video game style actions of you just like picking up a plate or whatever and moving it over here just stuff like Dear that God. so it gets more story. You can do that in real life, though. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> you can make toast. In the, real the whole life. <laughs> the whole point of the game, though, is that you get to make these choices. So um, throughout the game, like eventually, like like a serial killer ends up taking like your kids. So the whole idea is trying to trying to get them back. Uh, what would you do if you were in that situation? Is that I don't know. <laughs> no, is that what they're trying to do though? It's like no. I think they just. I think they just think people want choices. I think. I think with Heavy Rain, especially uh, the guy who made it, it's a guy named David Cage, and I only know that because of how much I hate him. Uh, <laughs> because everything he says about like the direction that games, like he's very outspoken about his opinions on video game development. And yeah, like I hate people like that. It's not that I just hate his opinion of it so much. I, I'm fine, and I'm fine, fine to hear it, but I just I really don't. After listening to what he has to say about, it, I really don't like his opinion on it, and I think it's a bad direction for games to go. And for the most part, they haven't gone as extreme as he has. But he's all about like 
basically video games should be more like movies. And if you look at story in, in movies, they're able to tell these big stories. And in games, like he has, I can't do it, but he has this obnoxious like French accent, like really, really obnoxious, mm. but kind of a high-pitched voice at the same time too. He's like, in games, it's, like, it's, always, it's always just an excuse <laughs> to be shooting, but I want games to be more serious, adult-driven themes and, and a game, you know, that, 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 Kids can maybe play, but also maybe your grandma can play and just stuff like that. But, <laughs> but what he ends up talking, like, like his games end up just being just really crappy video games. Like they're not, and, and, the, and then with a dumb story that is full of plot holes and all this crap, but then with just, with just quick time events layered over top of all of it. So it, it, I you think haven't it's created that. You've just created a bad movie with really bad gameplay mechanics <laughs> over it. Like quick time events are nothing new or special. Or no, they've been around for like, 20 years probably they don't they don't help make a more immersive story or experience in the slightest it's just a button press it's that broken dvd it's player just thing it's just I'm annoying i think what it is it, he he sounds exactly like uh, marketing clients that I work with when I say like oh, okay like uh, who are you marketing to like everybody and it's like really you're yeah. marketing cigarettes to everybody like wouldn't you market <laughs> it to smokers you idiot like who like what are you gonna you're gonna market it to five year old kids who don't even live in the, in a, a country where you sell them really is that where you're gonna market it to so it's like he doesn't know who and I think uh, this really kind of brings into like the Uncharted thing where it's like okay we have this thing where Uncharted was this game that everybody really liked but now we have this this new casual audience, so we better put in all these casual audience yeah. things that they can enjoy too. And um, I think that it even ties back into uh, I think like the earliest form of this this lack of focus or this confusion in video games is difficulty uh, in video games yeah. where you can have an easy mode, a normal mode, or a really hard mode. So in, so I think that as smart developers move on, you end up with awesome games like Dark Souls that mm -hmm. everybody loves so much, but they're just for hardcore gamers. Like it's like if you're not really good, you're not going to like it. And that's like basically how everything in the world is moving. Everything is more niche. You can target people and and make products just for them because you can reach them with the internet uh whereas previously you wouldn't be able to float a company on, you know, 10 mm -hmm. sales because it would be really hard to reach those people. Um so you get so what what you have a huge problem though is especially if, the, if you have this kind of uncharted series where you have all these gamers who like it but then it's like oh well, we want this casual audience to get into that too and then it's like so you just end up with this very diluted experience that's just well, I think doesn't what really do much trying to do is it got to a point where these games uncharted became so known for how story heavy they were and as they went on it was just more and more and more story heavy and in order to make sure that this casual audience you're talking about, because games, uh, you can look up like the statistics of like how far people end up getting in games, and most games don't get beaten. And I think what it is is they made their Dark games, Souls. They made their games so sto so story focused. That's like that's their main selling point is the story that they had to water down the gameplay so much to make sure that more that the maximum amount of people experience the whole story. Like you make the gameplay so easy and so unchallenging and in the background that more people will get further into it and that and the thing that they like the story the thing they're trying to get people into like that's their main selling i think that's really funny because because so on the on the ps4 you have that trophy system right and it tells you if somebody got a trophy so if you beat the game for example you'll get a trophy yeah. Uh, and it tells you the percent of people who got that trophy. So you, so you, when you finish the game, you can tell exactly how many per percent of people who played the game beat it. 
Yeah. Dark Souls is like 90%. Like it's super high. And but it's, it's a, all it, hardcore gamers. It, it, yeah, exactly. It's crowd, all hard. Because it, it knows exactly. It, yeah. it, so I think that... It knows what, its audience. I talked about this... It's all it's it's these games that don't know what they are, and David Cage is this perfect example where it's like you're just trying. Kids will like it, and so will your grandma. What type of dumb shit thing to say is that? Like that's an insane. He it's insanely is. stupid. I would never try to make a product that applies for seniors and children. What is that product? Diapers. He like is <laughs> the that's the most, only appropriate thing I can think of. He is the most like wannabe filmmaker. I, I, I said the, the phrase earlier, or early in this episode, but wannabe, uh, they're wannabe movies, these Uncharted games. David Cage is like the epitome of a wannabe filmmaker. His games have like this real pretentious, like this would be more like an indie drama sort of film. Be like a really but bad movie. It's like, it's almost like he had no idea how to actually make a movie or, no, I think or that write an intelligent script. So instead he just decided to throw it into a medium that where he could get away with more sloppy storytelling. I, I think that he, it's kind of like that big fish in a small pond kind of thing. Not to say that David Cage is a big fish, but it's like, oh, well, I can't uh, be successful in movies because yeah. they have pretty good standards. Why don't I go down to these video yeah, game things I mean. it's where like everyone's this... an idiot and they'll let anyone direct it who even, oh, this guy's from the movie world? Like, oh my well, gosh, let's get standard, him in here. The standards for storytelling in video games are a bit sloppier. Yeah, you have like ideas of people trying to take space Nazis more seriously. It's like, yeah, oh, maybe I can actually get away with uh, pulling off the story that I wouldn't have been able to pull off in the movie industry because it's sloppily written or whatever. Most video game stories are sloppy written, so I'll go there. I mean, I don't know if that's what he's trying to do, but yeah, I can see where he's. It's definitely what he's trying to do. I know he's a wannabe filmmaker. Like he gets actual actors, like in not in Heavy Rain, but the game he followed it up with a thing called Beyond Two Souls. Is that what it's called? Yeah, and he had Willem Dafoe in that one. Willem Dafoe and what was the problem? Willem Dafoe looks so dumb with those little dots on his face. The one that's supposed to map out your facial. like your muscle movements for the animation in the game. It looks so dumb. So he actually had an actor and they got like, they animated the character to look exactly like Willem Dafoe, but I'm just like, and then they, he's a weird looking guy. Yeah. And they probably, they they probably had to pay a lot to do it too. You can animate anyone. Why are you animating just Willem Dafoe? (laughs) (laughs) I don't, I don't know if I think that he's similar to Luke Besson, uh, David Cage just because he's mm. French. I don't know, but I just I feel a lot of uh... I keep thinking about how much cooler Johnny Cage is from all <laughs> Yeah, David Cage is not worthy of such a cool no. last name. Cage is a cool Johnny Cage is cool. Anyway, so we were talking about heavy rain. Um and uh so you have all you have all these cutscenes. Uh I think the only way we were able to even survive getting through that game is we just treated our character like he was a total piece of shit we're and just, just making to him see so, so you guys beat it together? Said, yeah. Well, we okay. quote beat it. So first <laughs> of all, the thing I'll give props to in the game is that your choices actually do make a difference. Whereas in Uncharted, it'll it'll ask you uh, uh, like a question. So I think, I, I don't know if you mentioned this while I was uh, gone, but like his wife is like, oh, what did I just say? Because Nathan Drake oh, was, Nathan yeah, Drake's clearly tuning that. out of a conversation that he's having with you. This is in a video game, by the way, that you're playing and you have to listen to a, a, like a squabble between. This uh, is a fucking <laughs> cheap trick they pulled. This is actually, it goes back to what I was talking about, the illusion of some kind of gameplay in their stupid little cutscene. So it's early on in the game. Nathan Drake's talking to his wife and he's kind of. He's playing video games. So with his her. wife's in this game? Yeah, cut. she's been in the whole series. She's just in the cutscenes. When does she show up? Because I got to that pri- the part where you're in the prison. And I'm like, that's uh, after that. I can't. Okay. Anyway, uh, 
And it's so like an hour is, after that, oh and Lord. not a lot of gameplay after that. Oh this is the, this is the fourth one in the series. Uh, so at at this point, he's kind of reti- it's at the beginning of the game. He's supposed, he's supposed to, to be retired, retired from his adventurous ways, trying to settle down to a normal. You heard my synopsis. Life. I told you he was retired That's for a fun video the game, Wikipedia. of course. So he's he's just doing like he's just having dinner with his wife. They're sitting on the couch eating a bowl or whatever, and then she's telling him about some article she's writing or whatever. And and your character kind of zooms in on his face, and he starts. To to daydream about you can tell he's looking at a painting or something he's daydreaming about his adventure days and you can still hear what the chick is saying uh what his wife is saying and then she's like did you even hear it kind of cut he cuts back into the convo like he kind of you're not listening not, to me johnny kind of comes back in and she like into the conversation she's like did you even hear what i said and then you're given three choices to answer to try and answer correctly what she was talking about uh, none, of, none of the answers are correct either. <laughs> so they, they wanted this is this so is like a funny joke, I guess. No, no, I think they had this story. They had this. They wanted to get across the story element of Nathan Drake missing the adventure life. This little moment where he kind of zoned out of a conversation and came back in and couldn't answer because he was just daydreaming. They wanted that moment so bad, but they also wanted to trick play- people into thinking they were still playing a video game. It just game. would have been way more so effective they if they this, had given you the right answer because I wouldn't have been paying attention and would have just answered no, it but wrong. Then they, but then they missed the character moment that they want to get across so much. Yeah, but that, anybody that who was paying attention, attention like would have noticed. They'd be like, oh, they didn't give me the right answer. They would have been distracted. But at that point, just keep it a fucking cutscene. Like, don't, don't, <laughs> don't fucking dick me around like this and pretend that this is a game when you're not even giving me the... I can't can't even do it. Like you can't even make the red option because it's not there. Do you so, get a different response based on? Which I, I don't think so. I haven't seen it, that, it, it, but it was I pretty it. generic. She just goes, "Oh, you're not even listening to me." But they they wanted to ensure for, they wanted to ensure for the sake of their story that you did not get the answer correct because that's the story moment that they had to convey. But they're still they're like, "Ah, oh, shit! This is a video game. We still got to make a game in here somewhere." And it's this illusion of gameplay. I get, I see that sort of stuff, and I, I just get sick. So oh, you get physical of these people, where they're like, "I have to get my story. People need this story." And it's they're a crappy to... story. It's just a cheap make a good Indiana game, and Jones. people will play it. Like, nah, it's not what it's about anymore. Yeah. But what's weird is people want these story games now. That's what I can't quite figure out. Well, you're right. Most people are idiots. <laughs> yeah. Most people are ugly. Most Women and men idiots. the same. Like, All stupid. Like there are going to be some people listening. I'm to such this. an ally for that opinion. <laughs> some, there's going to be some people listening to this episode that are really annoyed with what we're. Saying and uh, really because it makes people get people get very upset about the stuff. Like this is a pretty beloved series. I think this. I think the fourth one did get some criticism, but they're a beloved series. And like, like I've talked with other people about like storytelling video games, and like I find ninety-five percent of people don't agree with me or get annoyed with what I'm saying. Like people get very. Uh, passionate about like people really like video games and then you start saying oh well I didn't like this because it's less gameplay for us whoa, whoa, what do you have a problem with story and games oh, they can't oh, talk oh. about it they just get people I just find people get really soul. annoyed with it like so people really Weird. people do really like this stuff like this is a direction that games are going and also the audience doesn't seem to have much of a problem with some people do like there is a mm-hmm. crowd of people like me uh, but it seems like most of the audience really gobbles this shit up did I ever tell you guys how I was born a feminist how does that work? You came out of a woman. Right? <laughs> yeah, I came out. No, when I was a kid, I was like... you were born a woman? Well, I just... Not what it was? I, I, thought, I think I was a pretty extreme feminist. I was like, when I was a kid on the playground, I'd be like, women, guy, I'll punch him. I don't care. <laughs> they're, they're the same, yeah. Yeah, I beat up a chick when I was like in grade two. Yeah. I got in trouble for it. Yeah, I, I, it's... What's the difference? <laughs> I learned out the difference is girls get hurt 
and you don't do it. Just, you're like, I feel really bad. <laughs> like, it's like, oh, this is almost not the same. <laughs> like, it's, you you got to learn, you know? So funny. All, uh, the, all this talk about where we you're talking about everyone's stupid and everyone's, everyone's ugly earlier. Yeah. Remind me of this conversation I had. Um, yeah. Back in high school, we're going through a yearbook. And I remember talking to a buddy of mine. He's like, so I was going through a yearbook the other day. And there was like six people I wouldn't do in it. I'm like, dude, how low are your standards? There's not that many good-looking people in our school. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, so heavy rain is considered the worst of the worst of this of this quick time, no gameplay, you know, just yeah. just completely neutered, nothing. Thankfully, it never, it didn't seem to make a huge yeah. impact. Like but it wasn't, it has an audience, but it, it didn't like take the, the mainstream audience. But even Heavy Rain let you change what happened. So in the in the opening scene, uh, yeah, you you're you're this dad who wakes up to go join his family and you have to walk around. Like, it's really slow. Like mm-hmm. it's it's a good thirty minutes. I remember the walking mechanics being difficult too. Yeah, it was it was not because <laughs> <laughs> you had to like turn your body with I won't go into this too hard because it's just controller talk, but you have to turn your body with the actual joystick and then to walk forward instead of pushing forward, you had to like hold the right trigger. You had to like activate each leg individually. <laughs> but it wasn't fun. Like it wasn't a cool like wacky mechanic. It was just bizarre and and clumpy. Um, so so you go downstairs. And I would love to watch you, Braden, play this game. Yeah, that <laughs> would be kind of incredible. So you have to. Your wife is planning a birthday party for your son. So she goes, uh, "Yeah, can you go and uh, can you go set out some plates for the birthday party and uh, help your poor dear old wife out?" So we just pop outside and grab an RC car and start driving it around and then yeah. throw down the controller and lay down in the field and just take a nap. And then your wife comes out. She's like. Fine, I'll do it myself. <laughs> yeah, the, the way we played it was just a fail at everything because there's no game. There's no game over. The one thing I'll, I'll give it well, some credit that it's an interesting idea that no matter what you do in the game, you don't fail. The story just kind of continues. That's mm-hmm. maybe an interesting concept. I don't. They no, definitely didn't execute it. No, because that's because that's no. What you do fail in this game. No, but I mean, there's no game over. It's not like game over then try again. So there's no like, consequences. Yeah, there's there's no game over. It just it no that's matter what, what you do, the consequence is permanent. There's no restart. Anything. Oh, okay. I just thought okay. it was really funny that we made this guy be like a really crappy dad and like a really crappy husband. <laughs> fails at and everything. It, it, <laughs> It's it's pretty great because by because in because the next scene is that one of your kids dies like he gets in the most bizarre scene ever by the way um, you're just you're at you're at the shopping mall with with both your kids do you still have a PSD I would love to make Braden play this game. yeah I, I we still got it um, okay so so you're you're in the shopping mall and one of your kids Jason starts it disappears and, and so you're trying to find him so once again you have these button prompts to shout for your son. Uh, and and the funniest part about it is that there's only I think two audio clips so that you show. So this is very notorious. Anyone? It, it's a know. meme. It's it's a it's a popular internet. Anyone who's familiar meme. with this game will know about this. It was it got very popular for how bad it was, but in a in a Jason. Yeah, Jason. And also, Jason. All the voice Jason. acting. I don't think it was Jason. done. I don't think it was done same by English uh, accents. So, same or, same audio clip. Over and over for ten minutes. Jason, Jason. Yeah. Jason. I don't think the, the the voice actors they got were uh, English, so like they they clearly had accents that they were trying to fight off, but you could mm-hmm. hear it come through a lot Jason. because they weren't they weren't great voice Jason. actors. 
So it, it was. It, yeah. So over and over wow. again, really bad. And then you see your kid, and he's and he's walking outside the mall. So you go there, and the kid walks to cross the street. Actually, no, your kid is across the street, and then you're the dad. So you call him over to walk across the busy street where he gets hit and killed. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, why'd you do that? But and the and the other most bizarre part about it was that. The car that comes to hit him is going, I think, five kilometers an hour. It's going so slow, and mm-hmm. and and you run it out. It wouldn't kill you. It wouldn't kill you. It wouldn't it would do hurt. anything. Maybe break an arm. It if wouldn't it do anything. The wheel or something. And and then it and then it and then so your the dad jumps and grabs the kid to protect him from the car. So now I'm thinking, well, well, you're like shielding him now. Like if if your kid's dead, you're definitely dead because you're the one on the car side of it. You're the one who's definitely dead. And then it just cuts to a scene three years later of the dad's divorced living in this dingy, like, <laughs> this dingy, yeah, this dingy house. And then, uh, awesome. and he has the other son that he has every second he had, weekend. He had two kids and one of them, one yeah. of them dies in that accident. So they've gotten, still di- has a kid though. Yeah, they've gotten divorced and he has this depressing life and, uh, and then immediately leads into another pointless scene uh, where your kid has all these things that he has to do. So at, at five o'clock, he has to do his homework. At 6.30, it's dinner time. Game. Yeah, this is a video game. And you, and you have to manage these things and make choices for him. So what we did was when the kid, it was time for him to play, we just told him, no, go to your room. And then, and then when he came up for dinner, we said, no dinner for you. Yeah. <laughs> we just played it as awful as you possibly could, making all the wrong choices. And then like picked an argument make. with him and sent him to bed early without dinner. And it was so great just to be this crappy, like abusive dad. And I, I, I was, it made the game infinitely better. So what was great, the basic of the story is that there's some serial killer going around and then your your remaining kid uh, goes missing. And it's I only have one remaining child. It's, suspect, <laughs> it's suspected that, that he's been kidnapped. I think it's the origami killer because he leaves little origami. Yeah, I mean, who cares about uh, anyway, any of that? Not important, but... but the whole, like a the Blade whole, Runner reference? <laughs> I don't think so, maybe. The, Unicorn uh, anyway. reference? Um, <laughs> So the, the whole thing, you're this dad, you play multiple characters, but one of them when you're playing as is this dad trying to get his son back from this would-be serial killer. And because we were just playing it in a way that like, we were just failing at everything. He was just the biggest making, piece of shit yeah, guy all ever. All the worst choices He's trying to save his make. son. He fails every task. that this, So it's kind of a saw type thing where the serial killer is like, oh, you have to walk through all this glass. So we would just walk back and forth in the glass like just... Just way too much and like die from it, and so, or or we'd fail the challenge. So and you, the guys he has to chop off his finger or something, and we would just chop off too many fingers and just <laughs> he just does every single task horribly. Yeah. So what was great about this though, because the uh, because the way they set up the game, another maybe maybe would be interesting thing about the way the game plays out because mm. there's no game over or whatever. Uh, there's multiple different endings of stories and mix and matching of, of certain subplots. So there's tons of different endings. But because, like, as this dad, like, we just played everything as wrong as possible. In the end, his son ends up getting killed. He can't save him. And then he get he gets blamed for the murder. For and he goes to reason. prison. He goes to prison. <laughs> he goes to prison and hangs himself. Like, it was the funniest and, ending because we just, this guy failed at everything. Everything. And there's a and there's a few other it's characters hilarious. in it, right? There's a detective who's on the case who uh, we promptly got killed in an altercation <laughs> with somebody. Very first fight he gets into. No, we, no, 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 no. That's not the same detective. There's another detective. What detective? Yeah, there's about? a second skinnier detective. He's you, you don't play him for I don't very even long. Remember Anyways, him. so yeah, you're 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 investigating this serial killer and some like angry worker there like starts fighting you. We just let him like dip our head in a vat of acid and he killed us. Like we, <laughs> we just failed it. Um, there's a 
another, there's another detective who ends up actually being the serial killer, by the way. Great twist. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, so he's, uh, so he, he sees this girl that I guess he's, uh, she's part of the investigation, you know, some prostitute or really, you know, some low life girl, uh, and her boyfriend's like beating her up in her apartment and, and this detect <laughs> and this detective can, <laughs> this detective can, uh, he hears it. So he's like, Oh, I'm going to go save this girl. She's getting abused by her husband or, or her boyfriend or a client or whatever it is. I don't really remember. And uh, so we run in there to save him and then immediately just get the shit kicked out of us. Yeah. <laughs> this guy just gets the crap kicked out of him and gets thrown right back out the room. <laughs> and he does. And then now the girl's getting beaten worse because he's, he's like enraged mm-hmm. this boyfriend. So you just didn't help the situation and just get a black eye and get beaten up. <laughs> it was also, so funny to play terribly. Because after the dude leaves after beating you up and you have... A, a moment to talk to this girl because we were just choosing all the bad options for dialogue as well too. Like she doesn't even want him around. She doesn't even want you around. Like just everything you could do wrong, we just did. So that ended it made up it a much better game. It ended up being hilarious. Oh, yeah, it was it was, really it was fun. super fun. Uh, there's the only other notable scene I can remember other than this girl who's getting tortured and drilled, and we just like let her. She, she's supposed to escape, and you're supposed to pick locks, and we just failed every challenge, and then she just gets killed. <laughs> yeah. So basically. Um, I don't. I think we missed about half of the game. Yes, because it just ended just all the plot so lines things. before they could even uh, continue. And uh, the detective who gets beaten up by that that boyfriend, uh, there's a scene where he's supposed to be helping. I don't know if it's her or somebody else uh, take care of her baby. Yes, and uh, and so there's quick time events to like rock the baby. Uh, and you have to do like, you know, swirl your joystick in this direction and then press right or something to do it. So, so we, would, we would fail everyone. And so in response, what the game would do, instead of rocking the baby gently, he'd just start shaking it like wildly yeah. and doing it way too fast till the baby starts crying and freaking out. I just thought it was so funny. I was like, how do you, like, like it's not, how do you screw that up in that way? Yeah. Like I understand if he dropped the baby or something because he's he's like fumbling, but he just starts like shaking it really rapidly, and then and then you have to slowly to put the baby in the crib. So we just mess it up, and he just drops the baby in the, in the <laughs> crib, and it it ended up being so funny. But awesome. it's so um, but Uncharted, you have no satisfaction from failing these or saying the wrong thing or doing the wrong thing for the quick time event because it's just going to be like a a really boring death. Uh, or it's going to just progress anyways with no... So you don't even get the satisfaction of playing it wrong at all. And even Heavy Rain had that. So I... Like, shame. I I really... I started to think for a number of years now uh, that video games proved to me to be more and more of a bad medium for storytelling. And this is very much in, in, uh, against, what, like against the grain of what a lot of people are thinking. Like I've seen a lot of people talk about, you know, video games need better stories, better blah, 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 blah. In terms of traditional, like literal storytelling, like what you're seeing on screen is actually what's happening. It's not like a metaphor. You don't have to imagine more things. I think video games are uh, bad. And I think what it is is they want... Video games are very interactive. You have to inter- you're They want to be character. media fluid, but yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, media exactly. fluid. They they want you. Your video games are trying interactive. to force it. 
video games are interactive by nature. You're controlling what the character does. But if you have a literal story of Nathan Drake, you're trying to find this treasure. But because you have you're you're in control, and then you have players like myself or Muller who just start fucking around. Like there was a part where you were playing last night. Oh yeah. And you there's like a random rope that you were supposed to use to swing on to the next ledge. Uh, and Muller just got on and just started flailing around in like a big circle like crazy. Like and he's like into, going off balance and hitting the, the walls. Wall. Like looking like a real dope. And then I just started thinking, because this is a story that is portrayed literally. This isn't meant to be like a metaphor or, or, or something where we're supposed to use our imagination to tell the story. It's being told literal. What you're seeing is the story taking place. I just thought, what if this was like, imagine this scene in a novel where, and then Nathan Drake had to get across the ledge. He jumped onto the rope and he started swinging around in a circle aimlessly. He, he bumped into the ledge and then he kind of flailed his arm really out Kind of looked like an idiot again. He looked like a real doofus doing it. And then he missed the jump. And, and then, then he uh, tried the jump again and then he started <laughs> doing the same thing again. From a literal perspective, you would not include that in your story, but because no. it's, a video, it's the video game medium and it's very interactive and the players are in control of what's happening, but then players start fucking around or not doing the right thing. And the story becomes less compelling. And that would be my argument, because a lot of people will say, well, you know, the story, you're still kind of watching the story play out. You don't have to take that stuff literally, which I agree, but on a subconscious level, it's making that story less compelling, because then you're just fucking around, like, jumping into a wall. And then Nathan Drake uh, looked at a rock and and found some uh, collectibles on the floor. So he bent down and he reached and he picked up the collectible and uh, examined it and then continued on because it had nothing to do with anything. Well, also I'll say too, uh, it makes, if this is a, a story where your character, there's supposed to be some threat of danger or the possibility of him dying, playing a game like a shooter or something like an Uncharted where you're jumping from ledge to ledge and you might fall and miss and you die several times, you'll die several times playing the game. Uh, and then you have to try it over and over again. Seeing your character die over and over and over again, I think lessens the intensity of any threat of danger just on a, on a subconscious level. It's supposed to be compelling. You're supposed to worry about, if it's a story, you're supposed to be invested in these characters and worried about them dying, but you're seeing them die over and over and mm-hmm. over again. And I don't think that, like you can still see the story happen and it'll still make sense despite that, but I would argue that those deaths are less and less compelling. It's not, it's, you're not that, the, the threat of danger is not as big now because of that. So I, th- I really think literal storytelling, video games are a bad medium for it. Thoughts, I really Braden? Think that. Agreed. <laughs> I did it. Um, yeah. you, were make, you made a pretty similar point uh, when we were talking about Grand Theft Auto V. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, so um, there's three characters that you play as Grand Theft Auto V. Right? You play like kind of a robber dude. It's what, pretty cool. What race are all of these uh, Two white, one black. Okay. Uh, so you got, the, you got the black Don't worry. Uh, okay. Don't worry. No women. Oh. <laughs> didn't want didn't to really screw it up. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, you got Michael Robber Boy. Uh, Franklin, who's the black guy, and then uh, Trevor, who's like a kind of an insane psychopath, like meth head. The perfect character to play as in Grand Theft Auto. Like, yes. you want to be a psychopath. So that when you're doing stuff like jacking cars and shit, it makes sense because it's okay, he's just a fucking psycho let loose on the city. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense to have to have that guy. It's like basically the character you have played in every Grand Theft Auto since the first one is in a psychopath who's running over civilians and yeah. shooting cops and doing things that make no sense. And it, it gels really well with, with, what, with the gameplay that you're playing and that story fits in really well. But then, yeah, you play as two other characters and one of them is like a, a 
a, a rich dad, kind of, I think, on the brink of some kind of midlife crisis or something. Yeah, he's like, raised he's in the middle really of it. Really disconnected with his family, all that, but like rich LA type dad, like he owns like Beverly fancy, Hills kind yeah, of thing, fancy mansion and shit. So then when he starts doing that stuff, it, yeah, it doesn't really make a lot of sense. And then you play as a black dude who's like into minor crime and stuff. Uh, yeah, he's actually the least criminal out of the three. Yeah, he's just like like really just petty petty crime comes from a bad neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Typical like black story that they would sort of tell. Uh, um and but then <laughs> but then all of a sudden like he gets involved with the other two characters and they go on like these insane like bank heists like using They're like yeah, they're flying helicopters and RPGs so like, and submarines. Uh, this young kid from like a, a poor black neighborhood I think would be a bit more intimidated <laughs> intimidated by this sort of stuff. He wants like, to fit in. He's a cool guy. Well, He's a team intense. player. They're like digging holes to like like dig into the the bank and black shit like people that. can never like, say I didn't tell them they were team players. <laughs> it's I've said insane. it now; it's out in the open. Um, yeah, actually, it's kind of funny though because so I know you've you've criticized that for saying, "Oh yeah, it doesn't really gel with the story." It would make more sense if if Trevor was the only character because it 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 gels yeah. really well. But I actually found myself when I was playing as Trevor doing crazier stuff. Like I wouldn't do as crazy stuff with the other two characters. And oh, it's almost so like you his would, character you would fit inf- the roles more. Yeah, it's almost like the character okay. influenced you. And so I thought that was kind of that interesting, could be a so. difference in the way I play. Like I don't I don't I don't care those roles so much. It's like I just want to I just want the gameplay elements. I want them to be fun. And if the fun thing is punching an old lady in the face and taking her car and then running her over, like doesn't uh-huh. really make sense for <laughs> the, the only way to play that game. It doesn't really make oh, a lot man. of sense for. For this dad in a midlife crisis. Did I guys ever? Did I ever talk to you guys about Grand Theft Auto in my life? Yeah, you did. A like previous so, episode, you talked okay. about how like your parents video games or, or yeah, I got grounded cars. for like two yeah. months. Yeah, for yeah, it. yeah okay. you've talked about that. Yeah, that was uh, and and yeah, that was always the thing. You can you can have a hire a prostitute and then kill her and take your money back. Yeah. And I was like, that's the part that upsets you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I remember. I yeah, it was kind of funny. So, um, what does good storytelling in a video game look like? Well, I mean, this is obviously, it's a, tr- it's a tricky question to answer, and I don't want to get too lost in the weeds in it. Uh, for me, I think it should be more metaphorical, and it's more about having a strong theme and less about, like, this is the literal story, and you're watching it play out, like, beat for beat for beat for beat, because it's interactive, and you have so much control, and you can just start fucking around, that if it was beat for beat for beat literal, I feel it gets silly, and stuff like the rope that I was talking about. Uh, a game, both of you have heard me uh, talk about... Uh, uh, well a hundred, over a hundred times. A hundred billion trillion times. Uh, it's maybe my favorite game One ever. time for every hour that you've played, which is probably 900 hours yeah, by now. Yeah, it's a lot. I, I love the game. It's maybe my favorite game ever made. Uh, it's called The Binding of Isaac. Uh, and this is going to sound very strange for people not familiar with it, but it's a game where you play as this little boy. He's been stripped of all his belongings, including his clothes, and his, his mother starts hearing weird voices from God and just and 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 God tells her or the voices she's hearing that she thinks are God tells her you got to kill your child Isaac. It's actually kind of a weird retelling. It's of, an exact of the retelling story of the <laughs> yeah. Mind it's of it's Isaac. a very similar retelling. But of that. more on a level where you're not really sure if the mother's crazy or not, if she's actually hearing the voice of God, or if this is all in the kid's imagination. Blah 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 blah. And so you play the game, and there's like you flee into your basement to, to escape your mother, and there's all these crazy creatures in your basement and you defeat them by shooting tears at them and it's like this is all not literally happening it would be stupid that you're throwing your tears at monsters (laughs) but it's an obvious metaphor that I probably don't really need to explain (laughs) this is his inner demons and and his way of coping with them is just by bottling it up and crying in his basement 
fantastic. A lot of the storytelling in The Binding of Isaac is mainly just about the items that you get. Yeah, um, so, you so pick up all these items and they give you upgrades. So like, but your upgrades, like, so if you want to it's have a very disturbing, yeah, game it's, it's kind of disturbing. I, <laughs> so when I when I when I used to be really into like a lot of alternative like prog bands and whatnot, uh, I did a coffee shop show in town and I I did this Mars Volta song called. Uh, Televators, and it's uh, it's kind of the, the the album that it's about is about this guy, their friend. I actually like that song a lot. I don't like the Mars Volta much, but I know what song you're talking about, and I really like that. Yeah, song. it's a great it's a great song. So, and and the whole album, uh, Delost in the Comitorium, uh, yeah, more wordy prog uh, <laughs> album names is about their friend who killed killed himself, right? Mm -hmm. So they they make this kind of metaphor to uh, these in Televators to these Tarsiers, which are like these monkeys. They they, basically, they're like they, they need to be treated well or they'll commit suicide, which is a bit rare for an animal. Like animals mm. usually don't do that, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So I'm in this coffee shop playing this, playing this, and, and it's like the Java Hut down, down. Yeah, I was uh, at down, that show. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I guess you can uh, see. So the, the audience of people here are not a bunch of weird prog yeah. metalheads. They're just normal coffee people, and I'm explaining to them about these monkeys that s commit suicide uh, if they're held in captivity without without uh, other ones, and just going on sounding like. I don't. I don't know. You have to tell me how I sounded, but I feel like I don't. I, I don't remember this uh, at all. Yeah. So I was just thinking about it a while back, and I was like, "Man, I must have sounded like the most insane person ever." Just just <laughs> prattling off about monkeys killing themselves at this coffee shop, playing an acoustic guitar gig, uh, and uh, what were we talking about? <laughs> Storytelling story in video games. So we're gonna sound a lot like that when we try describing the Binding of well, Isaac, describing about tears yeah. and your tears are the way that you fight enemies. Uh, and here's, when you get an upgrade, you'll get some horrible thing, like yeah. the type of thing that would make a child here's cry. A, here's a quick and it makes example: you like you're yeah. in the basement, you're this child, you find an up, you find an item, and it's your dead dog's head, <laughs> and it makes you cry more, or, so it makes you, you, or it makes your tears more powerful. So you kill the enemies quicker. So and it's you, great because yeah, you want so, it. Obvious metaphor. Uh, that that's a good example. Like I don't need to go into the mechanics of Binding of Isaac. But it, but it's interesting uh, because because but, the, the game encourages you to want bad things to happen to your character yeah. because it helps you. And there's a little bit of a metaphorical symbolism, yeah. and it roots deeply inside you because yes. the mechanic is deep inside you. You really want those items. Yeah, I, I, oh, I need those items. This game isn't even mm -hmm. fun until I get these awesome upgrades. And it's a mechanic that roots itself in you, and now the story gets rooted inside yeah, you as well. it's a mechanic and a theme. It's like they have this religious theme. They have mechanics that kind of tie into the theme and why, why this would make him cry more and whatever. And it's not telling a literal story of you making your way out of the basement to kill your mom. I mean, I mom. think there's 20 endings in it, too. Yeah, you end up fighting your mom. You go into your mom's uterus and fight uh, a fetus inside your mom. So because you can go to hell this, and fight guys in hell and go to heaven and fight guys in hell. It's a fucking wonderful game. I yeah, really recommend it's bizarre. it. I love it. Maybe my favorite game ever. ever. But uh, because they're not like holding you down to this strict literal story where they have to make sure all the plot points come out. It's like, no, we just have these religious themes and these mechanics that tie in with the themes. It's like the, the more you play the game, if you really enjoy it, the more these themes kind of start to become apparent as to what, what kind of story is actually being told. And it kind of mm -hmm. unfolds in your head. And my interpretation of it might be a bit different from others. 
blah, 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 blah. But what I thought you, you said was potentially interesting uh, about the Mars Volta, and you're talking about all the lyrical themes, and, and this album tells a story about, you know, this, the, their friend that tried to commit suicide and whatever. Goes, Man, if we're going to talk, i got to tell a story about that after but, this. Uh, but uh, imagine if all his lyrics were, like, the li just a literal, like, novel-style <laughs> like, telling of that story. It would make for the lamest song ever because that's not an appropriate medium for for the most part, for literal storytelling. Yeah, yeah, for it's the most part. It's more metaphorical. It's more of an interesting... Uh, arrangement of words and metaphors that make up interesting lyrics. I mean, yeah, there are more literal, uh, like, linear songs and, you know, like a Johnny Cash song or but something like that. But for the most but part... But for a lot of part, lyrics are most, try to be metaphorical. Metaphorical and poetic. Well, you try... strictly literal. It would be, for the most part, I'm sure there are exceptions to the rule, but I'm not... I don't deal with exceptions. I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about the generalization songs are kind of a bad medium for literal storytelling in a very similar way that I think video games are. I think there's an interesting comparison there. Yeah, I think that's a very interesting comparison well, thank there. You, thank so you. when I was, uh, I think, 17 years old, I wrote a 120-page lyrical analysis on that album. I think you've told album. me about this in the uh, stuff And I, I, I had like a... a like a table. Do you still have it? Yeah, I still have it. It's it's nonsense. <laughs> um, <laughs> the ramblings it's, of yeah. a madman, probably. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's because so that whole album was based on like a book, like a little storybook he wrote. And the way that he writes, it's it's like reading H.P. Lovecraft, right? Like you can't you can't understand almost anything it's and saying. And he's it's, been a known drug user, yes. Yes. Like oh, oh, they were doing drugs whatnot, while so. they wrote that album too. Like when they stopped doing drugs, the music got way worse, if, just like it always does. H.P. Lovecraft isn't that hard to read. Okay, this is way harder than that. Then, but it's but it's total word masturbatory kind kind of thing where okay. you're just making every term in word the most complex term that you could ever use. So nobody knows what it is. So I'm trying to piece together this book with the lyrics, which draw from it, and doing this thing. I've got tables where every single every single line of lyrics has an explanation next to it. I had a lot of people buy it. Actually, it was like people people wanted to know. It captures your interest, but it's it's nonsense. So what, uh, <laughs> what was your intent on 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 like what drove you to make this book? I, I don't know. I think I was just really inspired, and and there was kind of a community of people who were doing it. Like there were forums okay. online, and people would do it, but nobody had really finished it. Yeah. Nobody like they had had six or seven songs out of the ten, and and it was always you always had to look around for it. So I wanted to compile something with my own thoughts and just put just have it all in one place that 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 people could get. And I thought they were, I thought it was a really great idea at the time. And I mean, it's another just kind of one of my many failed products that I've <laughs> made, made over time. Probably the most successful over time because I've had a lot of people email about it uh, saying, you know, yeah, like this was such a great interpretation. Nobody's done it. An example of that niche kind of product I'm talking about, it's like very few people would be Isn't interested. Niche? In, niche, it, yeah. It's either way. Um, I don't think it is. <laughs> potato, tomato. Um, so... People, yeah, people were really liked it, and I had like an analysis of the music and how like the musical phrases would relate to the lyrics and stuff. And mm -hmm. uh, I mean, it kind of fit together, but it probably was nonsense. But people liked it, so I was like, oh, great, oh. this is uh, kind of that niche thing. Anyways, how did I get onto the Mars Volta? Uh -huh. just <laughs> we're just talking about like what yeah. makes oh yeah the, 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 the Binding of Isaac. So I think that. I think the way of doing the bind so the idea of the binding of Isaac is that you play it over and over again. The game changes, you get yes. further. It's a, it's a roguelike game. You re each round is only about an hour or less. Yes. Um, and I think that that is. I I don't I don't want to say it's among the David Cage style of, of sure. storytelling that it's like a weird niche yes. storytelling, but I really don't Niche. think it needs to be the 
the standard. No, no, I was about to say I do fully understand that not every game can, in terms of storytelling, can do what Binding of yeah, Isaac like a, is doing. I think linearal, linear, literal storytelling can be great like, in a video. It doesn't game. have Mario. to be that that <laughs> kind of deep and 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 hard to understand and and and. You have to play it over. And you got to play it like for eight hundred hours I'm before saying, you start to get. Them. I think that's a better direction for storytelling in video games. That Dark Souls is the in same. In terms of making like a deep experience in storytelling, mm -hmm. that's more appropriate to me in this medium rather than literal storytelling. I think I understand not all games can do it, but that to me is a better. I have other examples, but I don't want to get. I don't want to get too into like weird indie games and my my insane metaphorical interpretation. I think in them. general, though, if if it can, if the mechanics can tie into the theme or yes. the story, so that you're playing, uh, you're playing a game like it, like like it's lyrics or po yes. poetry in a way, like it's it's kind of abstract but connected. Yeah, I think that that's best. Um, and but I think yeah, I think the linear stuff is good. Like even Naughty Dog, you know, they made The Last of Us. Uh, which is a game that I think, if it was just a movie, I think it would be a pretty good movie, too. Like, I think well, it's a wasn't good it based story. based on the road? It, 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 was, yeah, it's, it's it was a movie that was much better. Yeah, the road <laughs> is awesome. The Last of Us, made by Naughty Dog, made some guys that didn't try it. It's a much more serious, darker thing. Uh, it's it's just the road, but with zombies. That's what The Last oh, of okay. Us is. It's the exact same story and thematically very similar but and it has then, infinitely better dialogue than Uncharted and like a much better sure, it's, story. It's a better game overall, I would say, in terms of both storytelling and actual gameplay. Uh, but again, it does run into that problem of, of well, the character might, playing the game might, or the player playing the character might start fucking around and, so, and then he, he wandered into the corner thinking I think that it was a space that he could get into. He realized he couldn't and he climbed up the wall that he wasn't supposed to. I think you've, you've, so you've made this it's point. It's the literal aspect that I don't you, like. You've made this point about it and I've heard you make it over the years and I think it's a really bizarre point. Maybe. Be, because to somebody who is invested in that story they're not going to mess around. I'm, so, so it's not going to mess up their experience. Like it's, I'm just saying it's, it probably, it's not going to ruin their experience. I'm not saying that. I'm saying on a subconscious level it's it's less compelling storytelling to me. I'm, I, I can't say that everyone will agree with that and that it's objectively less compelling. I just think it is. I feel like this is just some weird thing you've Maybe honed in on that, that like, like, you've I, got I your just, focus on. What like Did you just think of it one day or did you hear this somewhere? I don't remember. I think yeah, it just got into my head somewhere. Yeah, anyways, I think yeah, I think it's a bit of a bizarre, bizarre opinion. But So <laughs> The Last of Us has... Really great dialogue, really great story. Like the type, it's a good enough story. I will say that story is better. It's, the movies are a better medium it's, for that story. It's a, it's a good enough story that you actually want to know what happens next. Like it's not, it's not just. I enjoyed the story. I would there say. for filler. The the gameplay is considerably better, um, but people talk about it. Like it's the greatest game. That's ever. Yeah, so that's where I get annoyed. It's like I don't care that these kind of games exist. They have an audience. So go for it. I don't have to play them. That's fine. But I get people talking to me saying, "What did you think of this game?" I'm like, "The Last of Us." What did you think of The Last of Us? I'm like, "Yeah, it was good. An eight out of ten, which is a pretty good review." I would say. for you. That's a pretty good. <laughs> I think that's what I said at the time. I've become more annoyed. Would by you people. even give The Binding of Isaac a ten out of ten? Oh yes. Okay. Okay. I'm just checking. I'm just trying to um, set you up to look foolish, but I was me. Yeah, it's like I'm not offended that they that they exist, but to me that storytelling isn't compelling. And 
Perhaps I had already seen The Road, which I think is a better, it's a better story. Like the, it's more compelling. It's very, it's a powerful movie. It's, it's very, it's one of the bleakest movies I've ever seen. Yeah, you were describing it yesterday and I was like, oh man, that does sound bleak. It's, yeah, it's, like, it's You're saying like all the plant life and animal life is dead. So the entire the, earth is basically just like the first part of Noah. All weather, <laughs> before the movie began in this universe, uh, all weather took a turn where no vegetation, plant life, grass, trees, any of it could grow. So all the animals that were eating plants died off. So all the animals that were eating those animals died off. So now there's no animals left and humans are just left with chocolate bars. Scraps of food that are that are left, yeah, like canned goods or eating other people because <laughs> there's not there's not even vegetables they can eat. Then nothing will grow. And but because of that it's not just bleak in terms of like the actual story it tells. It's just the look of everything. Everything is yeah, all gray dead and, and dead. gray and yeah. black and, and it's, miserable. It, it seemed, all the characters they run into <laughs> are trying to kill them. It's just or it's eat them. miserable <laughs> in the best way. That we should watch be. this now because I have no, still haven't seen it. I'd re- it's been a couple of years since I've seen yeah. it. I'd rewatch it. It, it sound, yeah. So when you're describing it to me, it seems like the theme of that. And so that's based on the Cormac McCarthy novel, The Road. Uh, um, sure. I didn't in, know that, in which but, the last okay. of us is too like they're the same okay. they're the same thing really like um very similar it, story and tone it seems to me that the main theme of the road is like what do you what is it like with no hope at all yeah i, I think so it's, it's been not a couple years since I it's not it, even the walking that, dead where you they're they're trying to build a farm or something you know nothing, and, it, and it, there's like, just no it is hope literally like there is an obvious finite amount of food if you're not willing to eat eat and farm other people <laughs> so <laughs> It's Ooh. very Ooh. bleak. God, yeah. <laughs> That's, uh, that sounds, bleak. Maybe I don't want to watch this uh, <laughs> right now. Um, but it, yeah, it seems like The Last of Us didn't really capture that theme. Uh, not as not, not, not as, not as well, heavy because it has kind of like a somewhat happier story ending in a way. It's bittersweet, it but it's like there's a bit ending. of hope uh, for it, and and yeah. it sounds like the rope has. The rope the has rope. no. <laughs> the, rope. <laughs> the rope you hang yourself with uh, has has none. So yeah, I, I like a good depressing movie, and man, the road is it is heavy, man. <laughs> it's, it's like I remember, like half an hour in, I remember messaging you guys, and I was like, "This is the most depressing <laughs> movie I've ever seen." Like I, felt, I already like half an hour in, I felt like I got punched in the stomach like six times already. Yes, we're gonna have to watch the road tonight. Uh, <laughs> so you gotta pick who, what you are if you're a game. Does, you're, yeah, yeah, are sure. you a movie? Are you a game? I think The Last of Us. I think it did pretty good on the balance. That there's a lot of gameplay in that. As I, much as like there's I a said, fair amount of cutscenes. Overall, when I first played it, and, and before I got annoyed with people telling me that I'm a jackass for not thinking it's a ten out of ten, I would have rated it an eight out of ten. Well, I think now what, it's probably like a six, just because I'm annoyed with people bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I think what you were telling me was annoyed is because people are confusing the story for the gameplay. Yeah. So they're asking you, what do you think of it? It's like, oh, it's an 8 out of 10. What, what do you mean that story is amazing? So I'm actually kind of subtracting the story when I give you yes. my answer here. Well, maybe maybe not. 8 out of 10 is probably what you think um, of the story. Oh, too. yeah. So, so sorry. Just The reason I brought up The Road was just because because I had seen that movie first right. and I had seen that story and in what I felt was a better medium. But even just seeing that story and then seeing The Last of Us, which is very, very, very similar, it's like, yeah, I kind of already saw a very compelling version of this story already, so there's no, in, there's no exciting or intense first impression. That's not. Yeah, that, and I totally had that. I was like, "Wow, this is great." This yeah, is, so uh, I, I kind of lacked before. that, and of course, my views on just not that in, uh, in, impacted by storytelling in video games in general. I was just looking at it mostly from a gameplay perspective, which I thought was just good. Yeah. So, so media fluid video game, Uncharted, uh, Heavy Rain, all these uh, big pro- big problem, big most hated movie ever. Mm-hmm. 
Good thing they had some subtitles on those games so that I could read that dialogue, eh? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I know you're you're like a subtitle addict. Oh, yeah, I love them. It's like, I can't even... I, well, the thing is with modern movies, um, you usually, like the way that they talk, I've seen a few movies in theaters, like Girl with the Dragon Tattoo is one, and Watchmen. There's a few movies where I just found the... And I, I find it happens a lot, but the dialogue is just a bit hard to hear. Like they have environmental noise that... Or even a grisly voice or a weird accent or something. Yeah, and it's like it's impossible to hear it nowadays. So actually, I found I have one of those sound bars, and I, and I learned this week that if I turn up the center channel, it basically most voices are mixed to the center channel. Ah, okay. So if you turn up just the center channel, you'll turn up just the voices. So that's helped a ton instead of having to, sure. you crank the volume and then this huge explosion happens. It's like, oh my God, it's 10 times louder than the voices. Like I wasn't, ex I wasn't expecting that. Like I need it just to be leveled out. So subtitles are, I don't want to watch anything. I was trying to watch Westworld with a bunch of friends. Uh -huh. uh, and, but one of our friends, she's like, I hate subtitles. Yeah. I'd rather watch this alone and not with my friends at all. And it's like, yeah, but everybody's freaking got that raspy voice. Like, I'm right now, don't you wish you had some subtitles on me so you could really hear every word Muller's saying? See, I'm kind of in between what you're talking about with subtitles, where I, like, I, 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 I watch you, and, or before we watch a movie, and you're just like, ah, oh, is there subtitles for us? Like, it really feels like you need them. Like, you're almost sweating. If it's something, something that I want to watch, like, I really uh, want it. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I, I actually, I like watching movies with subtitles, but I don't think I need it, per se, but I like so it because for the moderate. most part... For the most part, I just ignore them, but then it's nice. Yeah, when you get a character, it's like, wait, wait this character is a little bit harder to understand. So you I hate like subtitles is what you're saying. No, I, I for the most part, watch... Anyone most, who can do without them hates them. Most of the time, if, if I have a preference, I'll take it with subtitles. But the thing is, I'm, I've, I like to be accustomed to not subtitles because when you go to the movies like the theater that's not an option i i, I wish it was if, man. if i could pay the three dollars instead of 3d for the subtitled version i would definitely yeah. yeah what do what do deaf people do they have like they devices the theater, are there, are there devices yeah. no no they go to the theater what you, do they? I don't you think know, you can exclude deaf, deaf people, people from well, movies if, if you feel deaf people i'm not no yeah. fucking ally i keep away from that <laughs> the movies have no deaf people around me <laughs> yeah and they're definitely not gonna hear this podcast <laughs> yeah, so you can never, say whatever you want it's not a problem because they'll never hear this so. <laughs> now don't you dare say what we said was offensive who is this gonna offend sorry sorry to sorry to cut you up but if you think about it because people are always offended on other people's behalf the most annoying trait that you can ever have let people be offended if anybody's offended by us being upset at, at deaf people, it, it, they used to have the guys that are like, oh, well, that person might hear you. Yeah. Like, they might have heard that you said that. They might see that you've seen it. If you're making that claim now, you, now I know you're full of yes. it. This it's is, guaranteed. Yeah. This is the definition of a victimless crime. <laughs> Fuck the deaf. That's what I say. <laughs> what other horrible things can you say about deaf people? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I can't think of it. I had, a, I actually had an idea for a skit that I was gonna do uh, here, and I was gonna have Helen Keller call in uh, as like a historical okay. figure, and then I'd just say, uh, "Hey, Helen, are you there?" <laughs> There'd just be no reply because uh -huh. she can't hear us uh -huh. <laughs> or talk. No, guess she, guess she, guess she didn't make it. Hung yeah. up. <laughs> Anyways, Braden. I remember I was at a birthday party and. This was a couple of years ago. Where was there a clown at this birthday party no, with no pants on? No. Okay. And it was actually uh, one of Corey, Corey's birthday parties. So typical of Corey, he wants to watch a silly movie. So we're about to put it on, and this one guy, I, I go, hey, can we just throw some subtitles on? Because there's like 12 of us crammed into Corey's living room. Mm -hmm. 
about to watch Air Bud seventh inning fetch. <laughs> and the guy not you know, not that I need to follow the, the movie too closely, but it's nice to know I what's just going like to on. Have on. You know, and this one guy pipes in a group up, sitting subtitle in group sitting in a living room, subtitles yeah. are very good. This one guy so. Oh yeah, in a living room, especially yeah. if people are gonna talk. It's yes. like I mean, I'm, we're definitely going to talk over that movie. <laughs> like, so you're. Well, we all do it. Yeah, you know what you should do. Uh, sorry, sorry, can I finish your story? But I'm going to tell you how to deal with this guy. Uh-huh. So, so this, he goes, "Come on, we all speak English, okay? We don't need subtitles." And I was like, "Dude, we're we're about to watch Airbud. Like, <laughs> I, I'm sure I can't hear what the dog is saying. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> gonna, speak dog. It's going to be hard to follow, man. It's not going to make that much. I don't know why people are it. so bothered by it. Just ignore it. Yeah. Just Dude, don't don't look at the subtitles. It, when somebody insists that that there's no subtitles, uh, you just talk extra so that they can't <laughs> hear the movie. Yeah. <laughs> and then and and anytime they make a fuss about it, you yeah. just be like, oh well, if we had subtitles, it wouldn't be a problem now, would it? Yeah, and there you uh, go. and just be be indignant and uh, unshaking in in that. Just always the same reply, just to annoy them. So that sounds great. I, I think I have the worst example of someone who just hates subtitles to a degree where it's definite. Like like what are you stupid? This is a detriment. I was over at my brother's house, and he might listen to this someday. So, so just, are, are, is this going to be a story where you're watching a foreign movie and he turns off the no. other language <laughs> no, subtitles no, no, no. so, you, was, so you have to learn Japanese just to understand <laughs> the movie? Um, I would no, love to find somebody who so legitimately got, uh, thinks that. He's got two very young kids. One of them is still just, in, just hit the toddler phase, I think. Is what the day. Anyway, very young. It's like 8 p.m. They're both in bed, and we got to be quiet so we can't, so we don't wake them up. But we're still watching a movie, and I, I remember the one that stood out. This happened multiple times. The one that stood out to me was uh, Skyfall, that uh, James Bond movie. Pretty good movie. I had already seen it, but I was, but I was like, you know, can we? Either watch this downstairs where we can be louder or maybe put subtitles on. It's like, subtitles? I hate subtitles. No, we'll be fine. We don't have to turn it down that much. But we don't have to turn it down that much. Plays the movie, and any time like, any like, uh, more volume came up, naturally he wants to turn it down so he doesn't wake up his kids and they're screaming, crying, whatever. I get that, but he also refused to put on subtitles. <laughs> Man, if I hadn't seen this movie, this is a James Bond movie, so there's quite a bit of dialogue, and you got to understand what's going on. Yeah, because uh, there's always like double crossing happening. Yeah, and yeah. it's like, man, I can't even like if I had not seen this, I would have no idea what's going on, and I think he hadn't, so I can't imagine he understood what was going on. Yeah, it's those, it's those double. Just because refuse to add subtitles, that if you don't like it, just ignore them. You don't have to read them. It's the it's that contradicting wants. It's like you want this thing that directly contradicts with this other thing. It's like. You got to pick one, man. Yeah. Have the volume up or turn on the subtitles. Like you can't, you can't have your cake and smash it in my face too. Like it's, <laughs> it's just not possible. So, well, that was pretty good. Uh, pretty good time, boys. You ready to play some Majoro Mask and uh, watch the road? So, get my, excited from Majoro's Mask. Get my, depressed my clo- from the road. My closing thoughts on storytelling and video games. Uh, Roger Ebert once said, and he got a lot of shit for this, uh, that that video games aren't art. And then he got a lot of detractors saying... Like, and then he changed oh, his crazy, mind because he's a hack. Changed his mind because he got forced into apologizing for it because people freaked no, out that But he has much. three or four different articles on the subject at post 
post and that on anyways, his website. At first, I was I was really disagreeing with him. It's like, how, how, how can you say no, it's like video dead. games aren't art or whatever? But then I saw the, the detractors of what he was saying, really criticizing him, and the examples they were using of like Uncharted and Heavy Rain style games and Call of Duty or Assassin's Creed. Yeah, video Call games are art. Look at Call of Duty. And then I just <laughs> ended up. And then I just ended up agreeing with them. I was like, oh, maybe they aren't art. <laughs> like, they're not, you're not going to use examples like Journey or Braid or actually like indie. Like I know it's all hipster stuff, but that is generally more artistic stuff. Yeah. You're bringing up Assassin's Creed. Huh. Yeah. Oh, I guess he was. Right. The game with like nine of them in the franchise. <laughs> One every fucking. Listen, year, horror, if not more horror movies are a great art of form of filmmaking. Haven't you seen Jason X? Jason 10? Yeah. Dude, <laughs> Jason like, X is awesome. It's the one who reads in space. Yeah. I wouldn't, in I wouldn't use the 10th in a series as an example <laughs> to, to try to defend horror movies. Well, I'd yeah. probably bring up something like It Follows or, uh, nah, I don't know, something... That movie sucked. It was boring. It's yeah. all about STDs. Just about STDs. Anyway, <laughs> so, yeah, it's just funny to me that like these people really trying to defend video games as art just made me start thinking, yeah, I guess he was right. Yeah, Assassin's Creed. I guess I'm sorry you yeah. died after all, Roger Ebert. I wasn't before because <laughs> of what you said about video games, but then I read the other people, and then I changed my opinion about you uh-huh. for some reason. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. See you in two Wednesdays. So long, allies. Yeah, don't be an ally to me. <laughs> <laughs>